It's good to be back here again, guys, and it's good to have Chris with us. We missed you last week, we Chris. We did, yeah. And so it's great we can have Chris and the dynamic four are back. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we're just going to continue on this whole area of faith and this faith that sees. Mm. And I think it's critical that we fully grasp the magnitude of what faith is and continue not just to have our version of it, you know, but to really understand it's this empowering, this all-knowing, this full conviction reality of just what is in the unseen realm for us. Mm -hmm. And when we can see it, we can access, we can possess it, and it creates, as the Bible says, this overcoming reality for us that we overcome this world through faith. Yeah. And so, you know, we've been covering that the righteous shall live by faith. Mm. These people that have been made right live from the reality of this ability to see everything that's in Christ because that's where everything is anchored in the unseen one. Mm. But it's really like we see in the natural, we see in the spiritual. And so we have been given physical eyes and physical ears to hear and see in the natural. And God gives Mm. us physical eyes and ears to hear and see in the spirit. And so we're really living from another realm. Mm. And we, although we live on earth, we access our food source from another place. And so as being right, being made right by the blood of the Lamb, we live by faith. And that's what Paul said, I've been crucified by faith. And we've looked at a kind of faith. What is this kind of faith that Peter talked about? You know, he was a man that was said, Peter, you have little or no faith. And yet here he is, he's writing about this kind of faith. And we've Mm. looked at it being a spiritual kind of faith. And today we're going to look at um, how faith comes through hearing, but it's a specific kind of hearing that produces a specific kind of faith from a specific kind of word. And so I just thought I'd ask these guys just, um, you know, just some of the things that they're learning from our time. Um, Just one key thing. And just to remind us all that uh, we love getting questions here. So we do really want to uh, be grappling with this with together. And so greg at therock.org.nz, that'll come up through uh, our time together. Um, but anyway, let's start with Mel. Just maybe one thing that, you know, God's talking to you about through this. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember months ago, Greg said, you know, um, from the front, he said, um, in the beginning was the word, and so let the word be your beginning. And I think part of this faith reality of you know in the unseen um, it, it, that now I'm seeing in the scriptures all the time is when Jesus spoke, um, his words were you know the word was speaking his words. They couldn't hear, they couldn't hear, and and so their responses would reflect that they haven't actually heard the word, speaking the words. They were hanging on only the words of the word um, because the word had not yet become their beginning. They hadn't been born again of the spirit. And just as Jesus beca- you know, was the word that became flesh and was conceived by the spirit, we can see that the disciples hadn't actually experienced being um, conceived by this, you know, the spirit coming in, and so therefore they they couldn't hear the words, the word words, um, and so for me, I'm just again, it's like re reiterating and just uh, it's almost like deepening what I've sort of known, but it's 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 uh, it's like a carving out, you know, that you uh, that it, it becomes unforgettable. It's it's always going to be there now that you know. Um, Faith comes from hearing the word. 
And so everything he says, uh, faith doesn't attach itself to the words. It attaches itself or it comes from the word and um, the word himself. And uh, that if it's a sent word, you can hear it, you know, and then when you speak forth, you're actually speaking from the sent one. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, um, one of the key things for me, you know, over the last couple of weeks, particularly last week, is, you know, we've been looking at um, some of these guys in Hebrews 11, you know, and, and for, uh, I just was reminded last week, you know, for each of for each of these key people, there was something that they saw that empowered not a different belief system it, it empowered a, a different kind of living, you know. Um, and we talked about how, you know, some of them refused to accept their release, choosing to be tortured because they would have a better resurrection, you know. Mm. And for each of these key people, they saw something of, you know, something of God's eternal purpose that was so um, radically life-changing that that they lived completely different. They lived in response to what they saw, you know. And I feel like that that really just um, that I feel like I probably just saw that in greater clarity last week. And I was like, man, like this is not just them. I've actually been invited to participate, and I I feel like I I, I read them, and I'm like, man. I, I feel like I see something that that I feel like I, I live like that in a different way, you know. I haven't built an ark and I haven't sacrificed my son yet. But you know It's coming. But, but but I feel like when they when they say, man, that they that they saw something that was bigger than this earth and I'm like, man, I've seen something that's bigger than this earth and I'm like, yes and amen. It's worth letting go of any natural normal life thing for the sake of you know um, what it is that you know the, the invitation to god's greater purpose you know so that's probably the been the key thing for me i think the awesome thing is and that you realize that your family with these people so they just lived in a different generation than us but were actually of the same kind that they are and hence you know it says that isaac abraham and jacob are still alive mm. the god of the living and so they are our brothers, our sisters, cheering us on. So we all come together as a kind and receive the reward together because the plan has been in place since the beginning. And that's why faith is so important. It's like there's a race set before us. And if you can't see the race that was already set before the foundations of the earth, then you're running a separate race. And yet they're calling us into this race you know, and I think that's the crucial thing because so often in the body it's like taught, find your individual lane, find your individual race. There's a dream that God has just for you and you alone. And so it creates a sense of individualism rather than being one with these people that have already been before us who are then turning around and calling us into what they discovered. And yet we see a whole lot of people that didn't have faith, didn't enter in through unbelief and never entered in. So you see these two kinds of people, and I love what you're saying because it's it's like we're one. This is this is the whole plan, isn't it? I pray that you would be one, one with Abraham, one with Isaac, of one spirit, even though it was in a different time frame. And it's interesting when Abraham was first given the promise, God says to him, "Take a look at the at the stars, right. you know, you know, right. across the, the the heavens, you know," and he says. These, you know, as numerous as these stars are, these are who your descendants are going to be, you know. And he wasn't just talking about Isaac, his physical descendant. He was talking about this, this other, 
eternal heavenly family that that God was going to raise up on the earth, eh? You know, and I think he he saw us, eh? You know, he, he saw the 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 generations throughout all of human history who were called for something heavenly, you know, um, and were seated uh, above and 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 became part of this um, this this one faith, eh? You know. I know. Um, I love Sam. As you, you know, as you jokingly say, you haven't yet sacrificed your son or built an ark, but these people that are of the same kind as we are, maybe you haven't been put in a situation where you have to go through the motion or the act of it. But spiritually, we are to lay down all things. You know, as if as if not only our son was sacrificed, but our very lives something even dearer to us potentially than our son you know or or we haven't built an ark but we are living as though this world is perishing because we're not living for this world and so in response to what it is that's been spoken we live the same way that these guys lived yes and in the laying down of our lives it's actually that kind of faith that in laying down our lives, it's it's actually our greeting and the welcoming of what's what's ahead, you know? It's a sense of, yeah, I'm living for something beyond and I'm I'm wide open to it and I'm laying my life down for it. It's it's our way of greeting yeah. it. I you know. Well it's the prerequisite, isn't it? Mm. It's actually the the laying down of your life is the prerequisite for following. If we don't lay our life down, then we're actually living another life because it's – I was having a good chat with my mate at the gym and we were talking about – he said to me, um, would you ever consider, you know, do you and Danny have a 10-year, 20-year plan? And I said, no, not in the sense of what you're thinking about um, because my life is not my own. So he guides my life. My life has been laid down. So if he says, go here, we go here, outside of him speaking, no – we're here, you know, and he looked at me, and, and and but it was the whole reality of the prerequisite is the laying down of your life you were born for, for a greater life, yeah. and that life is concealed. That's why we come back to needing faith. Abraham, the father, he's our father of faith. You know, we're of the promise of Abraham, which is of the spirit, which once again, we come back to this kind of it. It's funny, isn't it? It's just the circular story that goes around and around, and we keep coming back to the same thing. And yet the challenge for, for us all, and it was a challenge for my friend, was you know, he's looking at me like, now I like staying in control of my life. And I said, yeah, I know. I used to too, till I destroyed my life trying to control it. You know? But this prereq sort of laying it down that we can enter into this life that's more than food and the body is more than clothing, this true eternal life because this is an eternal faith. And so it's all connected. Um, this is exciting. We weren't going to go here, but we're going here, aren't we? Eh? <laughs> this is awesome this morning. Chris has answered the question no, even yet. I thought I was got out of there. Um, <laughs> I was actually just going to respond to what you said in terms of, um, you know, what's your what's your plan? You know, what's your ten year plan? And you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have a direction that we're moving in because we most certainly are. But it doesn't look like a ten year plan as we would have previously defined it. Abraham, what's your ten year plan? Well, I'm headed that way. I'm walking as much as I can because everywhere that I walk, I'm going to possess, and that's not even the goal. Do you know what I mean? And so he's moving in a direction because of something that's been spoken, because of what it is that he sees. I think where we get caught out is that we attach time frames and expectations and 
the I will to all of that, you know, and I and I I I'm with you, Greg. I, I want to have a plan because I go, it makes me feel better. But I know what it is that he's spoken, and the moment that I try to define it on my terms, well, that's what happened to Abraham, wasn't it, when he got came along and, and Isaac wasn't coming fast enough, you know? And to me, it's like the issue is not the plan, right? The issue is that we still see our lives as being yeah. of, of value to yeah, ourselves, you know? It's like you, you, you're still living for you and you still need to be in control because what if the holy spirit like for for noah you know it's like building this ark was more than just on the day right you know he doesn't wake up on the day and just whip this thing out you know the guy's got no power tools you know he's gonna have to build this boat from scratch you know and this is a this is a, this is a guy with a long-term plan but it's not the plan in the way i think that your friend at the gym was describing it where i've got a plan for my life because i need to be in control and i need things to be a certain way to be okay you know it's like you've you, you're no longer living for you anymore so you know and, and that's to me like a abraham and isaac you know like abraham's able to go and sacrifice his son because he sees the future but then god's able to minister to him in that moment and say actually stop it wasn't about that yeah. it was actually always a, a, about something so much bigger you know so it's like yeah it's a, it's an we got an eternal plan isn't it it's an eternal it's 10 year goal mate what about the forever goal it's a it's <laughs> an eternal right. goal versus a temporal one and um, right. what about you chris um i think i might have said this the first week but it's still the same thing where how dependent we are on him who is the author and the perfecter of it. He wrote the book. And if you just go back to that analogy, he wrote the book. And and like we talked about the first week, what is already written, faith in accordance to what is written. So he's written it. He knows the end from the beginning. And we are to come into what's already been written, not making up our own ideas, not trying to define it, because that's when we step out of line and we talked about the centurion who had a head and was over people and didn't go his own way. Um, that, that for me is in a nugget. We are so dependent on him to bring us into what it is that he already has mapped out, what it is that he's already spoken. And for me, I feel like when he reveals himself and his ways it's an opening of the eyes to what already is it feels like a new thing but you know it's not a new thing because you've read it a hundred times or you've heard it before but you you hadn't received it like it was supposed to be received and for me i just go i can i can totally see myself with the with the disciples when christ's going i'm gonna die i'm gonna be crucified this is how it's going to work out and it's not that they didn't hear words they may have got the concept, but just didn't receive it. You know, they they didn't really know it at all. It was just just this kind of thing that was spoken, but but they hadn't really allowed this word to become them. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel like faith is, because I so often I go, oh my goodness, I've read this thing, and God's opened my eyes to see this thing about Him that I didn't know before. And you tell someone, and they're like, yeah. I already knew that. Or I read it a hundred times, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but do you know it like I know it? Right. <laughs> and maybe they do, and maybe they already are that. And so it's not that they're not excited because they haven't seen it. It's just that I hadn't seen it. Right. <laughs> and I think that's the mystery which we'll get to today, in which Mal was talking about words and the word. It's like he clearly spoke in a language that they 
understood intellectually yeah. but at the same time then they're doing the opposite to what he actually said and i think this is the mystery because it's like what you know how does that happen and yet we can see within the scriptures that that was concealed from them um he took them aside and plainly explained to them and then they did the opposite you know and this is this beautiful dynamic of this spirit in a kind of which is not uh temporal and we must be of the Spirit to hear this word that it comes out in words of a language which is, for us, it's English, but really it's something far greater yeah. that we're hoping people can hear, which is one word. It's a substance that has power, that brings a conviction, life, and now I can see. Yeah. And it's a spiritual word. So we're speaking a spiritual language. Yeah. That's why he says, uh, those who have ears to hear, the spiritual language, not the natural language. What I'm trying to declare, which isn't in persuasive words, but it comes in power. And so it's uh, this, we'll keep coming back to this kind, which we're going to look at today, is, is this faith, this ultimate conviction, this knowing, is birthed through the ability to hear. Um, and so um, let's just pray eh? and ask God to open up our ears so we can hear. And Father, we thank you for our opportunity to gather again. We thank you for our family. We thank you for those that are watching from all over the world, Lord, who are our family, our body, our brothers and sisters. Lord, we just pray for revelation, spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation. You're in us. You're with us. Holy Spirit, open up our ears and our eyes to hear and see your word that built and forms us and creation. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. And so, Lord, enlighten every heart, open every eye in the knowledge of God to know our inheritance that is within you and to bring us into this reality where we are growing and being perfected in unity and oneness as Jesus prayed. We ask this this morning of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Um, all right, well, let's start in Romans ten seventeen, And so um, we're just going to read this one verse out, and then we're going to rip this. And there's so much within this verse. It says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith, once again, faith is the assurance of what we hope for. It's the conviction of the unseen. It's the evidence of what is in Christ that we know because this realm has been opened up to us. So it's not wishy-washy. It's not something that's maybe if. It's by faith, it's through absolute conviction. It's not like double-mindedness. It's not that. It's a complete single-mindedness knowing, the knowing of God and the things in God, which we've activated an access, which enables us to live a life that's in God and as God. So this faith, which is so powerful, comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so this morning we want to unpack uh, what it is, what is this hearing, and what is the word? Because as we've looked at the sight, this conviction comes from this place. So it's really like we've been talking about, everything is one in God. Um, and so it, this hearing is of the Spirit. It's a special kind of hearing. 
like we've talked about already. It's not just what we're hearing each other talk in the English today. There's a special kind of word. It's not just the words. It's a substance that's concealed, but God wants to reveal. And ultimately, he is the word of God, but he also said, my words are spirit and life. And so he came as the word to declare the word. And so often we say, this is the word. And I say, no, these are the scriptures. You know, um, I love the word. And so often we refer to the word as the Bible. And I say, no, no, you love the scriptures. You know, um, but the word is who he is, but it's also what he says. And this is where, like, what? Hey, can you hear that? Yeah. Sounds very confusing, but it's not when we can hear, isn't it? Um, and so I thought we'd just good to unpack this hearing element. Let's try to give it our best shot, knowing that it's a mystery, knowing we're speaking in a spiritual language now through English. Um, Sam, what do you want to go, mate? What is, what is this hearing, this specific kind of hearing? Yeah, it's a big, a big question, eh? And I think it, feel, it feels like just in this one little verse, there's so much for us to, to dive into. You know, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And, and flowing on from that, you know, he says, um, Paul says here, he says, but I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have, uh, indeed they have, their voice has gone out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world, you know? And and so here we see in, in, in Romans this this group of people called the Israelites who Paul is saying, actually they've heard in words, they've heard the voice of the gospel for hundreds of years and yet they never actually heard the word that was preached to them you know and in hebrews you know as it's looking at this verse it made me think of um in this chapter in hebrews where it, where it talks about how they had that how the israelites had had the good news preached to them but they but it wasn't it it, it didn't produce its effect because it wasn't united by faith in those who heard it you know and so i, I feel like there's quite a, a a massive dynamic here between, like you mentioned, hearing, um, hearing the voice or hearing the words and hearing the word. You know, one is one is heard and comprehended; the others received and results in transformation life. You know, um, and so uh, to me, like there is this, there's such a massive dynamic between probably listening and and hearing you know um and i shared very briefly last week you know what what that looks like in a natural sense in some of my conversations with levi as i'm trying to describe to him our like our daily routine as we ask each other what we've been up to every day you know and um you know you know what did you do today daddy oh i went to work you know the only thing that levi knows about my work is that it's a big black building you know <laughs> and oh the black work yes the black work you know and then i have to describe to him what a policy analyst does all day you know and so to me it's like there's he hears there's there's a listening and there's an engagement but there's no actual genuine comprehension of of the pressures and the expectations that i face and what um in you know like what it looks like to have to sit down and and do a briefing for a minister or you know like there's there's absolutely no insight or, or ability to see and comprehend what that actually looks like. So even so, we can engage in words, but we can't actually engage in the substance and and, and join in unity of what that looks like. So to me, 
that I feel like that's a um, a typology of what this dynamic between listening and, and hearing looks like. You know, it reminds me. I remember I shared with you guys about um, my youngest boy, who was bouncing across the couches and we've got windows by the couches and so we try to discourage that and this one day he gets up and he bounces across the couches and he's going get down get down get down because he's learning how to speak so he knows the words get down because that's what he hears but he has no comprehension of what get down means so all he knows is that when he bounces on the couch get down is the word that's spoken and so that's what he's doing and and that's how it looks and this whole passage is framed around a verse 16 where it says, Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And that for me, I'm sure that's the beginning of Isaiah 53 where it says, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And this whole chapter is Christ to a T, the suffering servant. And it explains who he is in such detail that we, with the privilege of hindsight, get to know better than they did. But it was spoken in a way that was hoping that they would hear it ahead of time, that when he came they would recognize him because it was already written. And like you were saying, Sam, it's not that the words hadn't been spoken, and it's not even that the words hadn't been spoken by God with the capacity to form faith but it's that faith wasn't found because it hadn't been received like it was supposed to be received. And, and that, for me, is part of the difference between words and the word, that it just wasn't, it, it couldn't do what it was supposed to do because it, it wasn't received in the manner that it was yeah. supposed to be received. And I guess that's because it's a spirit. Yep. And so the spirit's not yet fully poured out, and so it's hard to receive of that kind when the very uh, vehicle you need is the spirit, because it's it's this it comes from you know it's not uh, of this temporal realm, yeah. and so we can have dialogue from the temporal, and then we attempt to understand through our minds, which yeah. isn't the place of understanding. Jesus clearly articulated that yeah. because it's of the heart, which is of the spirit. Yeah. And so these are the dynamics, you know. It's like the disciples were constantly trying to understand in their minds yeah. what he was saying, and they would always go the opposite way to what he said. Yeah. You, know, you see that consistently, you know. Watch out for the leaven of Herod yeah. and watch out for the leaven of the Pharisee. Why have why are we talking about bread? Yeah. You know, so they're hearing and have a reference for leaven yeah. and go, oh, natural. Yeah. See, that's where we always go in the mind. We always have a reference for something, yeah. bread of life, natural. Yeah. Oh, when did you bring it? No, I didn't bring it. And you just see that over and over and over again, uh, which is a, a learning opportunity for us. It's like I love the disciples. I love what they got wrong. I love what they got right. Because it's like it's us. Yeah. You know, it's like the Israelites. It's like, how do we learn? He says, you know, so often people go, oh, that's not me. Those are those people. No, no, it's one people group that God's looking for because we're made up of flesh and spirit. Yeah. We make the same mistakes they make. We try to hear through the mind. We try to hear through the natural uh, operating systems, wondering why we're not in life, yeah. you know. And yet we may acquire information, yeah. but we can't live out that information. It's like your son. He acquires these words get down by he's bouncing still up and down <laughs> on the couch and he's not getting down. Yeah. Um, and so it's this hidden, it's all hidden, it's concealed 
inner realm of the spirit, which is why we need the Holy Spirit. You know, and you see that, eh? Like, um, hear what the Spirit says to the church. Hear what the Spirit, He's constantly communicating spiritual words. The words I speak are spirit and life. The flesh profits you nothing, you know. And yet, at the same time, you see them completely on the opposite, going the opposite way. And I just think it's like it was then, it is like now. If we are operating from this, other operating system, this carnal intellectualism, yeah. rather than realizing that has to die. Yeah. And that's part of losing your life. That's part yeah. of coming under lordship. Yeah. Everything's part of that. It's not just handing over your will. It's handing over how you learn. Yeah. It's handing over. It's going back to school with a spirit. It's like God says, come like a child you know nothing of this outside of what's revealed well we struggle with that because we may have spent years and years and years developing our intellectual knowledge through the study of natural hearing natural understanding so we actually think we come with something and outside of revelation we come with nothing you know that makes me think of jesus when he says you know why do you call me lord lord but don't do what i say you know that if that there's been a kind of learning that's happened, their perception of, of, of who he is and what it looks like to be under his lordship that has probably come from, you know, a, a history of, of of academic learning and study, and yet it doesn't produce the actual ability to live a life of, of lordship, hey? You know? Um, makes me think of the Pharisees because the Pharisees and the disciples had the, the same sort of issue going on, right? Um, and I, I I don't know where the passage is, but it says, you know, Jesus says to them that you tithe mint and anise and cumin, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law. And um, there's this passage where Jesus talks about a Pharisee and a and a and a normal person, let's say, who are both who both come to the altar, and one goes thank God I'm not like this guy, a sinner. And the other guy who's the sinner goes, God have mercy on me, a sinner, and wouldn't even look up because because he knows his state before a holy God. And this is the guy that goes away justified because of this broken position before before the Father, you know. And um, just, just as I was chewing over that uh, while you're talking, I... Stephen, I loved it how you guys brought up Stephen last week. I think it was you, Mel, because that was one of the guys that stood out to me just in terms of chewing over what we were going to share. Um, but at the end of his um, his speaking to to the Pharisees, he says, "You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you." And we're like I was saying, we're 100% dependent on God, the Father, the Holy Spirit to reveal this to us. It's possible to resist the Holy Spirit as well. And the moment that you do that and go, I have no need of this, I've already got it, is the moment you find yourself in direct opposition. Now, not resisting and going, I haven't got it, help, and from a genuine broken position, allows him to come and do the work that he needs to do and is the beginning of being able to hear where he does the work because he's the author and the perfecter, so he starts it from this broken position. And even before that, he leads you to this broken position, right? Um, but I just, you know, just like you're saying, it was impossible for the Israelites to come in 
because it wasn't mixed with faith, they didn't mix faith with what they heard. And didn't profit them anything. And in verse 16, um, before it goes into 17, it says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Um, For as I said, Lord, who has believed our report? And this kind of faith is a working faith, isn't it? It's a faith that... um, that, you know, the word uh, Shema, hear, O Israel. Mm. So Shema means hear, but it's not just a hearing. It's a hearing and the ability to obey. It's a hearing and obeying um, that, you know, o- obey isn't even a separate word yeah. in that yeah. language. It's it's just, it's a For one hearing. thing, which yeah. is what you were saying earlier. It's a, it's a one thing. And as you were saying, Sam, earlier, it's living in response you know, it's living in response to faith by hearing. And the difference between um, hearing a report and hearing the word of God, yeah. the one is hearing from the word of God, that faith that the hearing and obeying yeah. and responding um, because it's an active faith yeah. compared to, say, hearing a report and not obeying, even yeah. though, like you said, it could be the word of God coming through the report, yeah. but not being able to hear. Yeah. And I think that's what Jesus, you know, kept seeing with his disciples or the people he would speak to is that the word is going out, the word of God, but but because of the response that was coming back, he knew there was no faith or, or the activity or the... Um, you know the the way they would live. Yeah. After hearing the word, nothing yeah. had changed, yeah. and so he said, "You have little faith." Yeah. Mm. And that's such a pattern in Jesus's parables, even. You know, like I was thinking this week about, um, you know, there's the um the parable of the feast, and you know, Jesus, um, you know, he tells a story about sending out servants to invite people to this banquet. You know, mm. and he says there's this invitation that goes out. Um, and, and and people all of a sudden start to make excuses, you know, like I've just, um, you know, I've just gotten married, I've just bought some land, you know, I've just got some oxen, and one by one, each, all of them heard the invitation, yeah. but in none of them there was an appropriate response to what that invitation was, you know, and even in the, the parable of the wedding banquet, you know, it, it, it talks about there being an invitation sent out, but 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 one by one there was people you know they they heard but they didn't actually hear you know because like to to hear this invitation to the wedding banquet would produce a different kind of response you know if it was genuine hearing you would see that the invitation to come and be part of the wedding banquet is actually so much more important than anything else on you had yeah, on that right. day even yeah, to the sake of of right. you know oh I've just bought some land or you know and 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 to me there's here we have again the dynamic between hearing an invitation and actually like you know what what like natural hearing is and what true spiritual hearing is that motivates a completely different change in yeah. um, behavior and once again we're back to this oneness that, mm. that, that there's only two lives yeah eternal temporal mm. so everything is from the eternal that is of him mm. and so this faith We've looked at that in 2 Corinthians. It's eternal. We don't live by sight. Mm-hmm. We live by sight. Yeah. So ones of this is this is temporal, natural. That's mm-hmm. eternal. Mm-hmm. So this the, so Jesus is eternal life. He speaks from eternal realm, mm-hmm. even though he's on earth. Mm-hmm. 
which is concealed. Mm -hmm. And this is why they don't receive the invitation, because they're not of the eternal. They hear through the temporal and go, that's not big enough, exciting enough to trump yeah. what you're saying. But if I could, if I heard of the kind that it's coming from, because it's all from the same kind, then I'm going to have an appropriate response. I will be present at the wedding feast, the wedding invitation, because it's I'm of eternal. I recognize that word's of eternal, and that is for me. And that's the challenge for the church, is that if you can't hear the eternal word, then you're going to live a temporal life. And you will disregard what has been spoken, yes. you know. Yes. So we've got more coffees coming, which is awesome. Thanks, and, Kirk. And that hearing, you know, to to hear by faith and in faith, the, the actual first work, I would say, of hearing the word is it's pay attention. Pay attention to what he's speaking, you know. It's like focus in on what you've just heard before doing anything. It's the it's the the hearing on what has been heard. And then because it's precious and who it's come from, you know, if I think about people that, you know, if it's our grandparents or people we uh, respect or count as, you know, precious, um, we pay attention, we hear, we, we want to hear. And um, the the first part of responding appropriately, I, I, I think, is it's like... Le you know, turning our ears and listening intently um, to to what is being said and what that's opening us up to when we hear, um, then causes you know an action from that. But it it is such a, a a turning, a complete turning, and paying attention to exactly what's being said. Yeah, you know, which reminds you of James. Mm. You know, where he says, "Be quick to hear yeah. and slow." To speak, you know, we're so quick to share our opinion, <laughs> and he's saying, no, 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 you know, be quick to hear, and then he says a word through humility that would save your soul, mm. implanted that would save you, your mind, will, and emotion would change. See, and that's what we're back to the wedding phase. So, if we are quick to speak, because we actually don't know how to sit and wait, we don't know how to hear, so we're quick to talk. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. No, no, just be quick to hear a word that's going to be implanted where? In your soul. Why? And it saves you. And so now it's like the wedding banquet. My goodness. Of course I'm not going to say I'm just getting married or I've just bought a cow. It's funny. I think it's hilarious. We haven't got time to go there today. But they reject the wedding banquet. And yet actually the whole purpose of Christianity is a wedding banquet because you can't hear. Do you know what I mean? And so you write it off. But this ability to, you know, Jesus said, be careful who you listen to. Yes. Okay. Um, but if you're not of the Spirit, then you can't hear the Spirit. Mm. You know, so to be born of the Spirit, to be of a kind of, because remember, we're temporal and we've got to be brought into the eternal. Mm. And so his power brings us into this eternal that we now have the possibility and the opportunity to hear of a spiritual nature, a spiritual kind, because we couldn't hear anything before that. I could hear words, I could hear people speaking, I could hear, but I couldn't hear it. I was deaf to it, literally deaf to it. And so I'm brought into, I'm born of the Spirit, so now I have the opportunity 
to hear the spiritual word that's coming out of a spiritual person, spiritual man, because they're bringing. And just before this, it says, who will know unless one comes who is sent from above? Not anybody, but a sent one because they're sent with a spiritual word of a spiritual kind to produce a spiritual fruit through the hearing of it, you know, but it's not of the temporal. And I just want to touch, I just loved what you've just said and just about the wedding, the wedding banquet and this um, this hearing that, um, you know, in Deuteronomy, it says, you know, hear, O Israel, before he goes on to say, love the Lord your God with your whole heart. That here is almost um, the, the first thing. It's a commandment, isn't it? And I love that Jesus, every time he commands us, you know, commands us to love or commands us what he asks us, our commandments are always so deeply seated in love and in faith. You know, hear, O Israel, and um, it's 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 absolutely part of keeping covenant. Actually, part of being in a loving, mutual relationship is hearing. Hey, mm-hmm. is hearing one another. Um, it's it's a way in which we actually love is to you know. When with our husbands and our wives, when when we first get married, you know, we're hearing each other's heart through our vows. Every day we wake up, we want to hear the person, not just what they're saying, but hear where they're coming from. Um, so, yeah, it's it's part of I believe keeping the covenant. You know, being in covenant with Christ is hearing, starting with hearing, hearing the word because the word is the beginning. Yeah. yeah. There's this real interesting verse in. In Second Peter, where Peter's describing what it meant to be with Jesus up on the mountain, you know, and being an, an eyewitness of his majesty. And then he says these words, he says, so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to, um, to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts, you know. And he's saying like, you know, I've, I have seen and touched this this living word Christ himself you know I've you know I've been an eyewitness of his majesty you know and he says you'll, you'll do well to pay attention until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart you know and to me here's a here's a pattern for Peter who has seen speaking to someone that hasn't seen you know and saying just before you, before you rush off and want to evangelize the world, it's it's actually best to to listen and pay attention because I've I've seen something, and it's actually and, and and now I want the same morning star to rise in your heart, the same revelation to 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 penetrate the inside of you. So what I've seen, you've seen, you know, and now we can we, we've got this the same kind. Um, of faith, you know. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where they've got so much to say that you wonder whether you need to even be there because you're not part of the conversation? You know what I mean? Especially, it's really obvious when it's on the phone because you're you're only obliged to give a uh huh, uh huh every now and again so that they know that you're still there. But to be honest, they almost don't really care that you're there or not because there's just so much coming out so fast. It's a one way conversation. And I feel like we can be like that with God, right? He's got what he wants to share, but we're so full of ourselves. We bring so much of ourselves to the table that he's just waiting. Yep. 
Yep, he's just going, yep. And I just, you know, when you're talking about receive with meekness this word which is able to save your soul, you know, you actually have to stop talking and allow him to give because it's something that we need to receive. It says faith comes by hearing. Well, if it comes, it's not something that you had initially, is it? It comes to you by hearing. But if you're so busy talking, if you're so busy being the thing that you already are, well, you've resisted already and full of self is empty of him. That, that's exactly it. And so, you know, I just was just keep thinking about that, that picture of the Pharisee that's, oh, oh, thank God I'm not like that. There's just so much self in that statement. I'm, I'm okay because I've done all these things I know so much. And this other guy's like, He's stopped, he's listening, he's, he's open, which is so powerful. Yeah, which once again, you know, it's like you know, this whole thing is just, you know, we could talk forever and just talk of different <laughs> things, isn't it? Because you, work, you use the word meekness, you know, and humility. And, and in that situation, one is humble, one's not. And so before one can really hear, one has to be humbled, yeah. you know. So blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is this kingdom. And so once again, it's like, and it's why people can't hear because they haven't yet necessarily, you know, they're still full of pride. Yep. So that so James talks about a word that's this humility that's required. Yep. So people that do this a lot, talk, 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 and and because they've learned, so they learn through the wrong operating system. They have informational knowledge and they just want to blah, 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 blah. And you go, but where did you get that knowledge from? Did it come from hearing through revelation, a spiritual impartation because you're humble of spirit? Or are you still on your bandwagon? Are you still on your bike trying to acquire all this stuff? Because one enables the demonstration and one doesn't. Yeah. And, and one puffs up the speaker and the other one actually builds the person who's hearing up. And both, fact. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, and so you've got this, you know, this <laughs> dynamic um, that hearing creates an impartation and an implanting. So true hearing is a receiving of something you never had, which enables a behavioral change, even if you don't know what you've heard. Yeah. And that's my testimony over the years of receiving mana from above through the Holy Spirit and not actually telling you, being able to tell you what it was, but being able to live differently mm. until the mind gets renewed by the one who imparted it, the Spirit, yeah. and shows me what it was I've been eating. And I think that's the power in this whole thing because it takes away the humanity, it, it, meaning it takes away the human ability to learn. Last week we looked at Paul saying, make sure your faith doesn't rest on man's wisdom, but it rests on the power of God to perform a work in you that opens up this eternal realm because you're temporal. And so now there's a capacity and ability to live something that I might not even know what it was I received. So Holy Spirit, reveal my mind so I can see the food source I just ate that is enabling a different behavior to get off the couch and now walk away and never to get back on the couch yeah. because I just received the eternal word within me. And I think, you know, God is so smart. And 
everything that he does is completely opposite, isn't it, to what we do as the world. And, you know, through my years of sales and stuff, you study different things and, you know, the the art of communication, and these figures might not be accurate now, but, you know, they say that 55% of communication is visual. And so, and 7% is through hearing. And yet for God, it's all hearing first. Mm. And yet the natural, we say copy, God says imitate. There's no way you can imitate someone unless you've heard this word because the imitation comes from the eternal. It comes from the spirit. And yet we talk about discipleship being, well, copy me. And you go, and you go no, no, that's, see, that's the visual learning. That's the visual communication. And I love those figures because it just speaks of the difference between him and us and our inability if we try to do it through the temporal way and our ability if we're of the eternal way. And so 7% to hearing in the natural, and yet in the kingdom, it's 100% hearing. I love it. Um, just just what you're saying there, this manna that you've received. And just when you said it, I was like, doesn't manna mean what is it? That's the, that's the translation of manna. So this, something came down from heaven. They didn't know what it was, so they called it, what is it? They didn't actually know what it was wow. because it was something that they had never seen before. Wow. And yet this was the very thing that nourished them and fed them in the wilderness for 40 years. It was of another kind. Was of another kind. From a completely different realm, they, they, they went out, they gathered it, they took it in, ate it, and it provided everything that they need and they still couldn't define it. Mm. And, and that's so critical because so often what it is that we receive, we don't have a reference point for. We want to define it first so that we know it's safe, thus keeping ourselves in control. But he's the other way. He's like, actually, I've got something for you. You don't even know what it is. In fact, the only name you're going to have for it is what is it? And now I'm asking you to live from that. Yeah, and that's why men can't boast in themselves. You know, he he leaves it so we can't actually try to claim it for ourselves. It's pure foolishness to men, isn't it? That's Why would you do that? It doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you have a 10-year plan? Who does that? <laughs> and yet, within the eternal, mm-hmm. like we said, that's very the timeline, and, mm-hmm. and Jesus is working to a specific plan, mm-hmm. but it's all of the eternal. And that's the thing, and that's what makes it so tricky to even try and describe this. It's like to try and even explain it. Like Jesus took his disciples aside and explained it to them <laughs> simply, and they went, What? <laughs> and this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to explain something. But we know, for the four of us, that we are able to hear to the measure in it, the frequency of the word, and we're all bouncing off one another, describing the same thing, because we can hear what's being said. Not We're not listening through the mind to try. Our spirits are receiving a frequency of the same kind. And we're trying to put words to the reality, and yet we could add someone else in here as well, and they could go, I hear that too. And they can jump into this conversation or finish the conversation, but someone else could come along and go, what on earth are you guys talking? Oh, you're talking about bread, natural bread. Oh, I quite like Molenberg and I quite like this or I quite like the sourdough. And we're going, what are you talking about? Yeah. We're not talking about natural. And I think this is this challenge, isn't it? Because yeah. Jesus uses natural temporal analogies yeah. to describe the eternal. Mm. And we get attached to the temporal going, oh, I know what he's talking about. And then we race off that way. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to die. And in three days, 
I'm going to rise again. Now make sure you're in Galilee because that's where I'm going to be. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Where are they? Over there? No. They're in mourning and weeping. And yet how many times did he say, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again? Now if you'd heard that, you're waiting. And you're not downcast. Why? Because I have to go. It's better for you, Peter, if I go, because until I go, you can't become the Peter that I've predestined you to be. So why are you getting in my face? Because you're ultimately getting in the way of you, and you're putting in jeopardy who you're going to become. Get behind me, Satan, because the way you hear and think is of demonic. Yep. And you're so lucky I'm loving you and I'm covering you, but you're going to enter into something. But right now, right now, you're a stumbling block to me because yeah. you can't hear me, but you think you can. Yeah. You know. And it says, hey, those who don't believe, Christ is actually a stumbling block to them, yeah. um, which you know segues really well into the scripture in Luke 17 about the stumbling blocks and the offenses. Um, and yet the same Peter who was, you know, uh, being a stumbling block and also Christ being a stumbling block to, even to his way of thinking or vision, you know, is the the one who still sees, who then sees, you know, um, that those who count Christ as precious, mm. you know, is the cornerstone. Yeah. Got a question here uh, from Nick. So thanks, Nick, for sending it through. And it's it's in relation to faith than it is hearing. But I think it would be a good time to, to, to talk. In Revelation 14, 12, here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. How do we keep faith, as in the verse above, if God gives us the measure of faith sight we have? How do we keep faith, as in the verse above? So we're called to keep faith in Christ. Um, how do we keep faith, as in the verse above, if God gives us the measure of faith slash sight we have? That's the first question. And there's three other questions around, can we lose true sight slash faith? Are there elements of faith that go beyond spiritual sight revelation? First question, how do we keep faith? as in the verse above, if God gives us the measure of faith sight we have. Revelation 14, 12. The scripture itself, I don't think is any different to any other passage around um, if God gives us a measure of faith, how do we keep faith, as in the verse above, if God gives us a measure of faith sight we have? It's a good question, Nick. Well, faith can grow is the start. So we can't please God unless we have a me- God gives us faith. Yeah. And there's people who have gifts of faith, gift the ability to see something of a conviction in a realm. And I was having a chat with someone about this the other day. Is like we see clearly from the scripture God imparts himself, his gracing into different people for different functions. Because just like in anything, in a family, there are parents and children. Not everyone's the parent, not everyone's the children. So there are some who are given grace giftings. We've looked at, you know, apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, you get the gift of faith, you get the gift of um, generosity, the gift of giving, all so the gift. So, so, and it's for the purpose of the building up of the church. Yeah. So it's the building up of, of as 
everyone works together as one, not as individuals, and this is the key, mm. then each gift playing its part brings others into a whole. Yeah. So if someone is in the congregation has a gift of faith, yeah. that faith can grow as well because it's in the knowledge of God, but yeah. it's used as a forerunner. It's used to start declaring things that are in. It's used to demonstrate a life of faith that others see and go, wow, I may not have that measure, but I have a measure that can grow because at the same time this thing is to grow. We're to grow in the knowledge of God. We're to grow in our understanding. We're to grow in our conviction. So everything God gives us for the purpose of seeing a church built um, the more we see, the more we keep faith. So if you can't see, if you stop seeing, then sure, you may just plateau or all you know is X, but God wants you to know Y, Z, A, B, C. So to keep faith is to keep growing in faith, is to keep seeing because of the kind of hearing that keeps producing this kind of faith, which is just this continuous motion of seeing every promise that's in God. So I'm going to keep the faith because I'm growing in faith because I'm hearing of a kind of word that produces a kind of faith. And so as I see all the promises, which are multitude of promises, the natural process of that was be a maturity of faith. I was just going to say, and I feel like even even within that verse is a real key because it says, here's the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. And to me, to be able to keep the faith is the same as to be able to keep the commandments, you know. And the question to me is like, how if we think about what what are God's commandments, he says, firstly, to love me with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you, how do you, the same question how do you keep the faith well how do you keep the commandment you know how how do you love with a love that's so heavenly and so divine and so free from self you have to receive that love within you that gives you a brand new capacity that's of the spirit to be able to live in a way that you could never live before without it you know mm. how do you because the context here is he's talking about the the mark of the beast you know and he's talking about in these in these trying and difficult times where you've got a whole world in absolute carnage and chaos, how do you, um, you know, how do you stay true? What's you need to, it's kind of what we we're talking about, you know, um, you need to have more than just an intellectual knowledge, you need to have received living knowledge you have to have received the substance of christ in you that gives you the perspective that's bigger than this earth you know um and to me it's it's that same there's there's such a a a oneness in what he's saying here you know it's it's received from god so that we can live out this different kind of faith and this different kind of life you know that's right and and once receiving that kind of faith um, like we were saying earlier, that to hear it and then have the God divine ability to respond to it, it's almost like as we exercise that faith, it increases. So, um, you know, there's some scriptures that talk about proving God's word as true. Or James says, um, testing of your faith produces perseverance, as you just referenced in Revelation. Um it, it produces perseverance. It produces to keep standing under. That's what perseverance actually means, not to keep going. It actually means to stay. Can you stay in 
the havoc that's going on? Can you not try just wiggle your way out of it, but to remain under? Um, and and what we find as as faith increases is because the more we are able to hear and respond is the more we get to testify that God's word is being made manifest. And the more we enjoy that, the more we see his demonstration being lived through us because the word has birthed his life in us and is actually becoming flesh through us. That we can, you know, mark of the beast, you know, the church is going to be able to withstand. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love that question, Nick. I think, I think it's... it's um, yeah, it's the exercising of the faith that we've received through every scene of life, every every word we hear from the word that is activated through our lives, it increases and we become more and more perfectly convinced of the word and his words. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just this beautiful increase. And I think that's what it talks about the mustard seed. If you have a kind of faith of a mustard seed, mm. It's that quality, you know. You can't add to your faith. It's 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 not like an out uh, an outside thing that you add. It's it's an internal increasing that happens. That this mustard seed can turn into a massive tree, so much so that it 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 has the divine ability to overthrow boulders. So when you say mountain move, that's what it's actually saying. In Israel, there's these beautiful mustard trees where you can see the boulders of actually been displaced because mm, of nice. the tenacity of this mustard seed. And that's what our faith, this kind of faith, has this tenacious uh, <laughs> characteristic that, um, man, it believes and it, it the, the more it believes and sees, the more it grows stronger yeah. and nothing can conquer it and it overcomes anything that's in its way. Stunning, eh? Yeah. It's a good, it's a good question because I heard um, – you say just earlier before the question came through, Greg, to the measure that we've received. And I just wanted to, to throw that out there that we're all in a measure. You know, just because we we have the capacity to hear doesn't mean that we're continually hearing. Because I feel like there's there's an invitation to be the co-laborers in this. You know, and this is where where we need to step up. You know, and I, I was just reading in um in Hebrews ten it says uh, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then it says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Or in Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, this is the participating part, lay aside every weight, the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Right. And that's where there's this co-laboring thing that come, that turns up, where he speaks, but now what are we doing with what it is that he's spoken? Uh, what he's spoken? Are we aligning our lives in accordance to what he's spoken? Noah, you've received a word. Are you acting on the word that you've received? Abraham, you've been told to go out and everywhere that the sole of your foot touches is going to be your inheritance. Are you sitting on the couch or are you going to go and start walking around? Because that's faith with action. You know, that is faith. And I think, I think um, that once again, it's, it's this clear revelation of faith and trust. 
and those things being very clear in your heart that you know the difference between faith and trust because faith sees, like we've looked at, and Abraham saw and acted from faith, not from trust. And then when you can't see, you exercise trust. So it's like, the, and I love what you're saying there, um, Chris, because it's, it's, he is the author and perfecter, which means he wants to perfect you into the faith that he lived from, which means it's a continuous process of revelation upon revelation upon revelation. You know, I what did Paul say? I'm I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Through the gospel, I know how right I am from faith to faith. Okay, so he's realizing how righteous, how free he is because his faith is going from faith to faith to faith. I'm going from sight to sight to sight. So when stuff happens, I love that explanation of perseverance. This is producing within me a glory that's eternal again. So he's able to go. This is what most people get up. You know, you know, stone five. All the stuff he went through, he considers momentary in an alignment to what it's producing within him because of the man's faith, because his faith is growing. And I think this is this tension between thinking, really understanding what faith is and what it's not. You know, and going, no, no, it's like faith has its anchor in something that is already pre established. So it's about knowing everything that is in God. And so, to the more you know what's in God, to the greater measure of faith you'll have. And that's the measure you live by. So, it's like, how much do you want? How much do you want to know? Because the Holy Spirit is here to reveal all. All and everything that God has prepared for those who love Him, for it's been freely given to me, so I share them freely because I am a man who's been sent with the word of eternal, which is of spirit, and I preach the spiritual word into the earth for everyone who has ears to hear. So how much do you want because it's all been already prepared because faith has its anchor in that? Now, if I don't have that, then I have to trust in what he's saying. But I'm not yet in faith to what he's saying. Because if I'm in faith, I've already heard it and I'm living from it. And this is where there's a separation between faith and trust. Like brother and sister, but they're different. And we've actually gone, faith is trust and trust is faith. And I'm not saying Nick is saying this. It just I just sense the Spirit was saying I need to share this because it's like that's where I think the confusion comes in. Yeah. And it's like actually, no, no, faith and trust are different. They work together. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like we've talked about before, I know that table could withstand my weight. So I'll just get on, jump on it. Okay. Now, if I don't have that knowledge, I'm like, oh, do I trust the fact that I'm probably checking out the measurements and I'm feeling it and I'm going, how solid yeah, is I this? Yeah, I don't have faith in that. I no. would just trust, trust. That would be a trust thing <laughs> if you got on top of that. Um, and so it's like, you know, it's a, it's a measure he gives and he wants to grow that measure mm. because it's a faith that doesn't shrink back. Yeah. It's a faith yes. that is longing for the return. When I come back, will I find people who have persevered because they have faith. Will I find faith? Mm-hmm. So will I find a people who are able to live a life of hope and peace and joy in a dark, dark world because of their faith, because of what they're looking at? Well, that's momentary. I'm not attached to this temporal earth. 
I'm attached to eternal life, eternity, and I know where I'm going. So I can actually be still, radiate Christ here on earth while everyone is freaking out because I'm seeing and I have a knowledge that's anchored in a person that maybe others don't have. The staying power. I have the staying power amongst all the chaos, the persecution, the... Stand firm. I can stand firm and I can resist. And really that's the evidence that overcomes the world. See, faith that overcomes. Um, and so it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's a powerful, powerful knowing. You know, the faith I have, I know that I am called for this. I know the heavenly calling. I know who I am in God. I know his purpose and his plans for the church. And my life is laid down and reflecting that. So when something else comes with this other, it's like, that's not it, you know, because it's I've been able to hear a word which is eternal because my hearing is eternal because one was sent with a word who spoke an eternal word and it's manifesting itself within me. So my faith is enlarging, it's growing. So when it's tested, it proves itself more precious than gold. Yeah. It stands the test of time or the trial or the temptation, and I overcome. Not because I'm trying to overcome, not because I'm running around overcoming. The armor in me is formed through faith, yeah. and so I'm able to stand there and overcome. When you, when you just when you're talking about that, that was saying exactly what I was thinking in, in different ways. So I'll say it in another way, um, just to expand on the picture. If you go overseas to another country, let's say I went to or when I went to Cambodia and I, I brought a wallet in the markets and I brought the wallet back with me and now I have this tangible expression of something that happened in Cambodia. It's this really cool wallet um, and for me this is Hebrews 11 1 faith the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen except that when we interact with this heavenly realm we're not bringing back things that you can touch physically but the substance of this eternal treasure is in here it's not a wallet it's not something that I carry that you can touch but it's something that has the exact same expression in the world and the fact that it is manifest in a physical reality I've gone somewhere seen something come back with something that proves what it is that I've seen it's something from another realm and it's real yeah and I would say the evidence though of the unseen realm that is within a person is through the demonstration yes, yeah yeah yep. And I, think, and I think that this is what's happening here in Revelation, eh? You know, it says, here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. It's like in all the chaos that's going on, he's saying, that's right, here they are. Here's here's the perseverance, you know, um, here... Um, you know, here are these people who keep the commandments of God. Here are these people who have faith. You know, and, and like you're saying, it's it's not something that's physical first. It's something that they live from that's eternal. But here are a, here are a, a very real expression and demonstration of the church of God on the earth that you can see yep. that will that will absolutely baffle you because they're not swayed by the chaos that's going on around them. They're living from this perseverance because of the faith that is within them, eh? you know? Um, and so while it's from an unseen invisible realm, there's a tangible expression of that physically here on the earth, you know? And that just so moves me, so moves me, you know, here. 
and can we imagine one day the Father declaring or the Spirit pointing to us as a people and being like, here, here is my bride. I mean, and to me, I think apple of my eye. Yeah, and I think like think about when Jesus first started his ministry. Spirit descends on him like a dove, and a voice comes from heaven, and it says, "Here's my son, in whom I'm well pleased." You know, and to me, this is I, I'd say, like this is what the church is to, is to be, right? You know, here are my sons, in whom I'm well pleased. Here's a, here's a physical, living, breathing, real expression of who I am on the earth. You know, one son and many sons. Hey, you know, and and. I mean, how amazing is that, right? Like, if that happened to me, I'd probably tell everyone, you know, this is this thing that happened. Well, this is at least how I think about it. The dove came down, the Holy Spirit came down, you know, it was this amazing thing. But you don't see Jesus doing that. He lived from that. You know, that was something that was evidenced by his life, not by the fact that he was able to keep telling it and telling it. And I just had this this sort of uh, another thought, three, three men in a desert, middle of nowhere, on on death's door, starving, dying of thirst, one guy finds a trap door on the desert floor and goes into a room and it's full of food and drink. So he loads up, he eats up, comes back through the trap door and the other guys are like, where have you been? And he's like, I've been in this room. And they're like, no, you haven't. And he's like, well, let me demonstrate the capacity that I now have to live based on where I've actually been. So whether you believe me or not, kind of irrelevant it's not about the event let me show you the demonstration of my life now because while you guys are starving and thirsty it's not on my radar right now i didn't share at the start one of the things that god's been really really opening up to me in relation to you know this whole thing faith but it was faith and works and how the connection they are you know because it's a it's a thing you hear all the time well, what are the works we're supposed to be doing the works and you know the natural thing for us is works 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 works, works. let's go you know and um and how just intrinsically linked faith and works are because works is the demonstration of the reality of what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. There needs to be a tangible manifestation of this. Jesus was the eternal life who demonstrated what eternal life looked like. He yeah. was the substance of it and he demonstrated it. Yeah. And I think this is once again the challenge, this righteous acts of the saints these righteous are living a life of righteousness okay the righteousness the righteous will live by faith we've been made right yeah. number one to live a life of righteousness mm. well you can't live a life of righteousness unless you're living by faith yeah. because paul is the one i live my life by faith so the works that i do all must come out of what i'm looking at in the eternal because it's an eternal work it's not a temporal work there's no way you and i can keep the commandments of god from the temporal so it must be an eternal reality formed within us that, that enables and empowers us the work which is the very first work we're commanded to do the very first demonstration of the church is to love yeah. and so we have to start there and if we can't love then we're probably not hearing yeah. a word that enables us to love because they're all connected and they're all intrinsically linked and synced together. And so this is this challenge that the more we're in, the more we are actually demonstrating this reality, which sort of goes, you know, it says, can we, the next question he asks is, can we lose true sight slash faith? 
personally, I go, no, you can stop. Yeah. You can stop actually seeing yeah. more, but you can't unsee. Yeah. I can't unsee what I've been shown. That's why there's a responsibility to live it out. Yeah. But I might not live it out, yeah. but you can't unsee what the Holy Spirit shows you. So it's like, but I may stop at revelation, so I get no more revelation, yeah. but what he, and that's the power of revelation, and that's the power of being able to live it, see? Because it's so real, it's so true, it's so what it is, it causes this ability to live. Yeah. Um, then I'm faced with the challenge of living that out yeah. because that creates massive opposition <laughs> and persecution, what yeah. Paul went through when he says, I've gone through all this stuff, but the fight of this life of faith, yeah. you know, because there's a future that's laid up for me, yeah. you know, and it's this crown of righteousness again, which we're back to these righteous acts of the saints, this demonstration, which can only come by faith. Yeah. So it's about seeing and then acting, you know, while he might go, right, I'm telling you something and now you need to trust and act yeah. because you can't see it yet. And once again, there's those difference between a work that's done through trust, yeah. because I can't see, yeah. but it's the Father speaking, yeah. and a work that's done because I can see, because He's shown me, yeah. you know. And so both though are of an eternal reality, yeah. because the Father, who is eternal, speaks. You know, Abraham, go, didn't know where he's going. Abraham, kill the boy, had faith saw that yeah. work of trust work of faith ultimately and this is this connection and this relationship between faith and trust trust and faith is they work together to produce faith yeah. so when i can't see i trust as i trust and step out and sight comes i see faith so it's trust faith trust faith but it starts with this thing what's actually faith trust faith trust because i can't I need God to give me to start the process. I love it what you're saying there that the revelation can stop because for me I just I hear Jesus who goes to him who has more will be given and to him who doesn't have even what he has will be taken away. And I feel like that's the this is the part of engagement where we go what it is that I have I'm I'm using to lay hold of more because so often the callers or always the callers into more you know, he's leading us. And and so often it's continually the death of ourselves, you know, where you go, I'm in this thing to a measure and now God's shown me this thing where I'm like, oh my goodness, I thought I was already dead and I'm struggling with this thing and you're calling me into it. Now I've got a choice. Do I continue to go there and walk in what it is that you were saying before where this trying of my faith produces patience, perseverance, godliness, and, and we continue to grow, therefore him who has more is given because I've taken what I've got and like a faithful steward, I'm applying it. Or do I sit on what it is that I have, take my hand off the plow, turn back and go, actually, no, you know? And and while true faith is, is attached to sight, you can still see and look back, you know? I, I, I believe that, but I feel like, like you said, you don't, lose sight of what it is that you have seen because you've truly seen it. How do you unsee something that you've seen? You can't. But you're definitely not going to add more to that because you haven't exercised what it is that yeah. you've already been given. And we can become dull of hearing. Yep. 
you know, where it becomes dull and we lose the vitality and the, you know, the life of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he says it's so important what it is that we're looking to. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher, because of, and, and continues to lay it out for us. And we're duller hearing because our heart gets hardened yes. because that's the place of understanding and, and hearing. And unbelief. That's right. That's what hardens the heart, isn't it? Unbelief. Yeah. yeah. And you just see this continuous process. It's a continuous growing. It's a, You can't just stop and go, I've, I've, I'm done. Yeah. You know, it, it's not that. It's a... It's a you know, like I'm gonna uh, be perfect, like your heavenly Father is perfect. There's a perfecting work. You know, you said, mate, the author and perfecter. Yeah. Well, I'm not perfect yet. I haven't arrived. No one arrives, and it's this whole thing that, well, I know it all. You never know it all, and if you think you know it all, you're deceived. It's like it's a continuous opening up of a realm that just increases. Yeah. It's more and more, and that's the beauty of. What enables the joy set before you? This is where you know hope is connected, because what I'm looking at, I have absolute hope in, yeah. you know, which has been opened up from faith. So it's an anchor to my soul because the one has gone into the inner realm, and so that creates a hope, and I lay hold of it, yes. and it's like, man, I'm laying hold of this thing from hope. And yet faith, hope, and love, and some people have been asking about, can you unpack hope, which we'll get to in time. But it's all of one source, uh, Christ. But at the same time, you can pull it apart and have a look at it. But it's so similar to, you know, and they're so intertwined and interconnected that makes it actually quite hard to even describe. But it's just this eternal substance. And I think there's, and like you're saying, there's there's such a dynamic tension between you you see and you and you live. You know, and there has to be a response. Like you're saying. It's not that you you just see and then there's nothing that there has to be a response yeah. to what it is that you see and there's a to me that's this is where the there's a in, there's an intersection between God's absolute power and His work and yet on the other hand there's a joining a co-laboring with us in a partnership you know yeah. and it, and to me it's both of those factors you know. This makes me think of you know Spider Man who was obviously onto something. He said, "With, with great power comes great responsibility." Oh, yeah. Right? You know, and uh, but honestly, it is. You know, like when when you've when you've seen, like you said, you can't unsee. But the question is, what are you going to do with with what you have seen? You know, that's right. And I think that that you know faith that sees goes a long way to being able to live out. But you've still got to. Obey. You've still got to obey, you know, yeah, because there can sometimes be a cost attached to that obedience that we, and to me that's the danger of, of there is always that potential of shrinking back, you know, and you see in Hebrews all the all the warnings in there are, are to those who have tasted the power of the age to come yet have have stepped back, you know, and, and the writer of Hebrews says, but I'm, I'm convinced of better things concerning you, yeah. but there... But to me, like it can be easy to read these scriptures and get freaked out by them. But generally, the people that they're writing to are not the people that are getting freaked out by them because they haven't actually tasted of the powers of the age to come. And so there's, do you know what I mean? Like it's like when you've when you've received something, there's a level of ownership and responsibility on your part. It's like the parable of the talents. You know, the one who received five isn't expected to make a 15-fold increase, he's, he's responsible to be faithful with what it is that he has been given and, and there'd be a, a lived response to what they have received, you know? And to me, it's that same dynamic, you know, seeing and and, and obeying, you know? Yeah. 
And, and there absolutely is um, a cost involved in obeying. You know, and that's the whole point. There must be a demonstration of what I've shown you because that's the person, that's the reason why I've shown it to you. I was confronted with this 11 years ago, you know, and I remember this. I remember looking in, in our ensuite, looking at the mirror, and I was having a shave. And the Holy Spirit said to me, what are we going to do with what I've shown you? I was confronted with the living out of what he'd shown me. And I said, but if I start speaking this, the whole thing can fall over. He said, who builds it? it nothing falls over that I build. <laughs> it may do what man builds, but not what I build. So what are we going to do? So I'm being confronted in my ensuite while having a shave with the Holy Spirit saying, I showed you this for a reason. Are you going to be one who speaks what I've shown you so others can enter into what is concealed? Yeah. But there is a cost. There is a massive cost. And then he said this, do you honestly believe it's the people that put food on your table? I went, no. He said, then let's go. Mm. I love that. I love that. That That's what an analogy, like it was real life, but what an analogy of a man looking in the mirror and the spirit as the reflection speaking and knowing that, um, you know, we we are bonded by this love, this, this, you know, the complete full man of Christ looking at us and asking us, confronting the question, but being very aware of the inability in human, in our human way to, to actually act on what we've heard. And yet he's like divine ability, the co-laboring co-heir, I will, I will, take care I will provide you know and I think that's why it's so important you know we talk about this responsibility with a power in Hebrews where it talks about you know that the heart had hardened because of unbelief mm. therefore encourage one another daily and it's not that patting encouragement it's like give courage to those around you every day not like now and then, it's like daily because there is a cost, because the land in which we're going to possess, you know, as Abraham, every every um, every step you take with a soul, you know, of that land is for yours to possess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unlimited. Yep. It's unlimited, and it it can overwhelm us. Um, but but it's by His divine ability and by us encouraging one another for the site, for what's to come, to um, to step into and for the faith to mature and, you know, make us perfect. Um, yeah. Just if you're watching online, um, it's 12.26, but uh, I'm sensing that we, we just, and we are, we're just going to continue because there's quite a bit more I would sense the Spirit wants us to talk about. So, but just feel free to, to, to switch off now if you want. This will be online. Um, and we'll just see how far we go. But, um, yeah, I just really strongly sense the Spirit wanting us to unpack what this word is. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll answer the next last question. Um, and just also just a bit more on this whole reality of of this physical demonstration reality that comes through this word. Yeah. Because it was like, for me personally, I knew what he was showing me was a work of faith. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was going to be this this hidden reality manifested into a physical expression that which was going then to unsettle everything temporal 
<laughs> because it was what was coming from the unseen yeah. into the scene through the vehicle called a preacher, yeah. through the person, which is what it says. How will they know unless one is sent? Exactly. How will they know unless one preaches of an eternal reality, not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of a reality? Yeah. But it was a work of faith, but it came from the unseen realm. I've prepared works for you to do by faith, by unseen coming into the scene. And God has been building in accordance to what and all that revelation was because out of that we've changed as a people. And all those words that we've heard, that had those prophetic words, the people you are not, are not you know, the people who you are today are not who you were and they're not who you're becoming. Transition, when it, I was fully aware of all those prophetic words and what they all meant, because it was speaking from an eternal place into a realm that he'd shown me. And for me personally, they were like gifts from heaven. Mm. Literally the word, mm. not the people per se, even the people were bringing, but the word mm. was like the angelic realm supporting what was happening here to back what was happening, every one of them. But they were from a hidden realm. Yeah. That's why if you couldn't hear them, you had issues with them because it was going to unsettle and uproot. And he was saying to me, and I'm looking at going, this is huge. Yeah. He said, yeah, are you going to obey? That's right. And you will suffer yeah. because that's all part of following me. That's not not part of following me, yeah. Greg. What's the issue that's with that? Fellowship <laughs> with your sufferings. Yeah. If you're living a godly life, you will be persecuted yeah. by the church and by the world. It's all part and parcel of the pattern. And this is why you need to persevere. This is why you need to press in. This is why you need more. And God has added to that revelation, added to that revelation, so it creates this absolute tenacity and a boldness and a confidence to stand and declare because you're dead and you've laid your life down and you don't care about man's opinion. Mm. All you're interested in is honoring your father, but you're given a choice. And I had a choice and I could have done nothing with it. I could have gone, I'm too scared. I'm no, you know. And so you're in this wrestle where he he never forces you, but at the same time, what he'd implanted into me was greater than me. But you still have a choice. And I could have walked away. I could have continued. I could have kept my mouth shut and the rock could have continued as it always has been, doing the same thing, getting what it's always got. Mm. And so you're confronted. And so I live by faith, Paul said. It's not like you arrive, it's, oh my goody, man, okay, here we go. You know, and then everyone in my life who, you know, it's it's not just about those people, it's everyone that's close. You start to see and receive, man, this is this is unsettling. Even those close to me, closest to me. And so it's even beyond just, you know, like the church of 500 or 15,000. It's like your relationship with your wife, with your kids, with your mother, with your brother, with your father, with your grandparent, with your cousin. Everyone, (laughs) it's going to affect, you know, because it's an eternal reality being declared by faith in a person that you've seen that others may not have and it challenges Mm. if we're actually in Christ. That's right. And And I believe, you know, that those who did hear in faith 
what was being declared were the ones that were like, let's go. Even though it's going to be as confronting for the individual, you know, that we were we are all on the journey. Um, but it's it's let let's go. And I, I'm just reminded as you're describing that, um, Greg, you know, of a of a righteous man. Uh, the picture of a righteous man is a man who's bent over in humility and he's opening a door and the door opens and there's a horizon with the sun half risen. And it's this picture of a righteous man laying his life down in humility, bent over, but opening a door for others to see a reality that's beyond and, and calling people to come into that, into a, a horizon where the sun, the sun is rising in their hearts and um yeah i just i think greg you know a righteous man um who knows he's been made right who is laying his life down regardless of life literally falling apart <laughs> around you or the the what can seen as the life of the church um diminishing it's actually the resurrection life that we're after not a life that's that's come from man's opinion or man's building but it's the resurrected life that the tr the true church needs the power of the same power that raised christ from the from the dead is the same power that this church lives by and that's the overcoming church and that's the church that sees the horizon with the sun and um but it takes a righteous man in humility who's lost his life for the sake of god to open that door and speak of a reality uh that is unknown and unseen so thank you. <laughs> and and he starts it right. He's the instigator of that. Yeah. For me, it's the same. You know, it says in Hebrews that um, you know God's lamenting because his people haven't known his ways. Mm. And I just see, you know, what what you're sharing there is the same. It's the same story. It's not a new thing. It's it's Israel all over again. Yeah. Hey, I'm turning up. I'm leading you through some things in the hope that you'll step out partner with what it is that I'm saying and go somewhere that you wouldn't be able to go and live yes. in a way that you can't naturally live. Mm. I'm calling you to take the land. The land is my promise to you. And if you knew what was written, now it probably wasn't necessarily written for them in those days, but this is already the land that Abraham had walked in. Mm. The man that they called their father had already been given this land mm. by God and they're called into, into it to go and receive it. So it's already been written. God's speaking to them a living word and leading them into it, and yet they haven't partnered with faith for what it is that he already has planned for them, so they can't go. He says go, and they go, but there's giants. Mm. And so they don't go. And then he says, okay, don't go. You've lost it. So then they go. Because mm. you know that instance where they, where he says, no, okay, I'll, you're not gonna, it's going to be your children that receive this. And so they go, oh, no, we're sorry. We're going to go. Mm. And he's like, you still haven't got the point that this faith is tied into obedience because it's what I'm saying being worked out. So the moment that you step out of what I'm saying, it's not faith anymore. You're just doing stuff. Mm. And so it's the same with you. Hey, Greg, I'm calling you into this place. This is the picture that I have for you, son. Do you want to go? Mm. Yep, I've truly seen it. And and this is where the, the faith and works comes in because they hadn't truly seen, they didn't respond accordingly. Mm. They did what they thought they should do, but they hadn't really seen, you know. Whereas when you see, you go, okay. And he, and he asks the question, 
tells you what it is that he has for you, but you still got to partner with that and walk into it. Mm. You're going to take this land. You've, you, there's some giants in there to mm. overcome. Mm. I'm not going to give it to you all at once. I'm going to give it to you piece by piece so that you can keep what it is that you get. And I, and I just see muscles being worked here. Mm. Are we working mm. muscles? Are we, mm. are we lifting the weights? Because this is what opposition truly is. This is what our adversaries are, where you go, actually, the, the trying of my faith has a work in me. This is gold being refined in fire. And the very thing that I wouldn't choose, I have capacity to walk into because of the word that's been spoken, the life that propels me yes. is evidence. This is the evidence I'm going to go there. And, and it's the same. You go into inherit that which has been promised you. You can't make it happen. He's promised, but you certainly need to walk along with where it is that he's leading. Mm. I love what you're saying because I think you're sharing, Greg, you know, your story is not just to be your story, right? You know, it's it's the pattern yeah. of, of people of faith from all of human history and it's to be our and it's to be our pattern. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, and and it just makes me think of, you know, in, in Hebrews it says, um, you know, for it was fitting for him who are all things and through whom who are all things and bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father, yes. yeah. um, for which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. You know, And as much as there's been promises that have been in, in some ways given, they've been given to our family, but in, in some instances, given given to you, it's like it's the same. Really, it doesn't matter, like who's who's first and who's second and who's third. It's actually there's there's a there's a, a way that's been mapped out that everyone needs to come through the way of faith that will produce the same outcome in, in us as yes. the, the family of God. Eh? Yes. It's, it's, there's no special people. There's no one who are favourites in God. But there are those that God raises up for a particular time to do a function yeah. to help everyone. And it, it's like we've been talking about, you know, for a long time, it's this one people of this one kind, you know. And so it's just, as you say, nothing's new. Everyone is is in the same tension. Everyone has the same opportunity. Um, and it's just whether we say yes it's really that simple, you know. Um, but I, I love the fact that he does the work. So you can't sit there and go, look at me, look what I did. It has All it really is about is how humble and surrendered you are to the reality of what he wants to do. That's what enables it. Mm. He does it all. And that's once again why it becomes so like, well, where's my part? And, you know, we, and we go down, the, no, you, you, you know, it's like you can't take any credit. He will not share his glory with another. He gives what is required for the work he's going to do. That also makes it, that's where all the excuses have to go to because you're left with no excuses outside of, well, I've empowered you, I've enabled you, I've shown you, uh, you've received it because I implanted it. So now all you have to do is say yes. That's your role and that's the partnership is you saying yes and then I will be with you, never leave you, walk with you and I will defend you as you go. And so, but the substance in you, faith that's seeing and so it trumps it all because it's greater than it. And this is this thing, you know, and so that's the beauty of it all. It's Mm. greater than. Your faith is more precious than 
gold, the greatest commodity. So this thing that's happening over here, your faith is greater than that. And you have the capacity to love and believe and pray for, you know. And so there's just this continuation. And, and God builds in accordance to his blueprint. And there is none of us that can say, oh, I've arrived, or I'm better than you. No, no, it's just I don't know why he gives gifts to different people. I don't know why this guy's got a gift to teach on his life. Take it up with him, yeah. you know. But it's like, will I honour Sam? Will I honour him as a person? Will I honour the gift on him? Yeah. Do I understand? Can I hear mm. the, the Christ in Sam? Or do I fight with Sam because he doesn't necessarily say what I like? Yeah. He doesn't say it the way I like it said, yeah. which is ultimately irrelevant if I can hear this this word that's coming forth, you know. So and it is it's one. It's it's this the man you're describing is really the body. Yeah. Isn't it? As a, yeah. we're one man. We are one body. We're with the one Christ. And so he raises up a righteous people righteous of faith people. who live by this substance of sight. Yes. And while that's being formed, we're actually living by trust. So God says, you know, and this is why what he says can't be greater than what you see. Mm. You know, if you're looking at something and he's saying the opposite, what he says has to trump what you're physically looking at. So what you spiritually look at becomes greater because of what he said than your physical. You know, and what's happening with the world right now, it's like, is what he says coming from the eternal greater than what you're looking at? Are we going back into level one? Are we going to level two? Are we going to level three? I don't know. Are we in 2.5? And so everything about what we're hearing physically and looking at is determining people's choices, not what he's saying. Be still. What do you mean? So what he's saying isn't greater because I can't hear it in a way that trumps what I'm looking at. And this is true prophetic sight, eh? You know, it's not looking at and observing what's going on in the world and making some observations. It's yeah. it's actually seeing what's unseen and being able to speak into a, a purpose that's bigger than this life, you know? Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, on my on my YouTube feed, you know, often I will listen to, to music, and so it suggests all of these different things, you know? And see, as soon as coronavirus comes up on the right-hand side, there's all these, like, you know, pr- coronavirus prophetic word 2020 you know and it's like well you know can it really be a prophetic word if you've seen something natural you know like and now there could be some some truth in that but the ultimate prophetic word where's where's the where's the the people who are able to see what's written and to bring to light an eternal word that has already been there the prophetic word is not just what's happening on the earth today, although it's, it speaks into it, it's actually something that's so much bigger than this earth and calls the church to live from more than what they can see physically, hey, you know? To me, it, it's kind of on par with divination, that kind of thing where you see something happen and you attach a prophetic word to it as a result right. of. And and there's a really good example of that, um, which is uh, where... Saul has gone and done a bunch of stuff. He's sacrificed and kept the best for himself. And he's he's asking Samuel for mercy. And um, Samuel turns and Saul grabs his thing and tears the cloak off him, mm-hmm. a little bit of cloak. And, and Samuel goes, 
just the same way that this cloak has been torn, so the kingdom's been torn from you and given to another. But when you when you take a step back, you realize that God had already done that. The kingdom had already been taken from Saul. This was an outworking of that, so it was it was made manifest. But so often, like you're saying, this prophetic word which comes from the eternal realm. It doesn't all of a sudden necessarily turn up because something's happened in front of us that we hadn't seen before. God's word had already been spoken. God already knew that Israel was going to be uh, taken into bondage by Egypt for 400 years. He knew that he was going to lead them out. All of these things, it didn't need a, a, a last minute plan or a prophetic word to create it. This word was spoken from the start. That's right. That's right. And, and God has always known that man has this tendency to need a physical uh, idol or God or, or, or a man to lift up. It, it, man, humanity has this tendency to um, need physical things to believe, yep. Yep. right? And it's interesting to me with this pandemic that even that word pandemic actually comes from um, – this woman goddess in Paul's day that Pan meant she was the most popular idol. She was the god that the people, the demographic across the lands and the nations would come to and look to. And, (laughs) you know, the things that are popular these days, you know, the movements, the... um, and where's the minority that is seeing the unseen? Yeah. You know, where's the mi- minority that is that is speaking uh, how God sees the climate that God lives in, the atmosphere that God lives in? Sure. Um, and the, the true pandemic, in some sense, in the spiritual, is the church's identity yeah. and the church living for an idol and for man's building of the church um and we've lost sight um and so yeah this faith it's it's uh the pandemic of faith you know it's (laughs) like we need to see as he sees yeah and just to pick on what both you're saying yeah because it's jesus was working like you're saying god foresaw it he knew and jesus is working on the timeline of his father so he says it's written why don't you know it's written So I'm speaking from an already pre-established position. And this is the problem for the church in these last days is because we don't know what's written. So we're actually creating our own version and trying to add it all up. One and one is equaling five. This means this. And are times like this coming upon? Of course they are. But that's not the point. So we're actually... When he said, will I find faith when I return? Yeah. Okay, Obviously, just before he returns, it's not a great time to be on earth. Okay, But too many of the church are trying to figure out dates, the very thing he told us, not we, no one knew outside of the Father, and we're not getting ready. Yeah. And we're not necessarily going to be a people of faith because we're unaware of what is written, just like Peter was. So we're running around doing stuff blindly thinking we're doing things for God, but the stuff God never asked, just like Peter was. Did you not know it had to happen this way, Peter? I'm working to a realm, a time frame of eternal, which is hidden, concealed from you. No, you don't. That's why, Peter, you're a stumbling block, not only to me, but my father and my father's purposes and plans. So, you know, what we're not saying, if you listen to this, is that the word doesn't speak about these events. What we are saying is we know that. 
So do we know, though, the eternal word that will actually make us ready, not for when, but for why, so we're able to be these people of faith because we're not taking our P's and Q's from the earth, we're taking it from the eternal. And so when it turns up, we are these people that stand firm and resist. We're not taking a mark of the beast because we're not ready for what's come upon the earth. You know, And I think that's the challenge, and God's trying to awaken us because... Like you're saying, Mel, we're always taking our learning from what we're looking at, yeah. not from what we're hearing oh, and yeah. seeing yeah. because it's concealed. So if you don't know this concealed realm, then we can't live from it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're naturally going to take our leading from what the realm we're living from, which is temporal. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why we're – It's you know, it's sort of um, can you lose true sight faith? Well, no, but you can lose hope and you can lose this reality to be able to stand in a day that you were predestined to stand in because it's what's coming at you is greater because you actually don't know because you're asleep because like Martha, your preparations are all your own. Busy with her preparations, her life, her reality, trying to enter into this realm through her way. Yeah doesn't work you know and so this is the, the challenges just thinking about as you're talking then about um in john how um how jesus creates these loaves and fishes and he finds people following him for the miracle you know and they've got sight of sight of the miraculous but this temporary miraculous and it is it was certainly a work that christ had preordained for him to walk in you know and and he did it a couple of times it wasn't no small thing and i and i don't want to diminish that but i just there's this little bit in hebrews that just really um piques my interest and it says these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off were assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth and for me i just go Abraham received the promise, didn't he? He received the son. No, there was a greater a greater promise. And for all of these people that were living in faith, they had seen something that there was a, an earthly aspect and a, and a temporal promise to what was spoken and absolutely, yes, to be walked out in and miraculous and powerful and all the rest of it. But this word being eternal wasn't, relegated to the temporal it was it, it remained eternal even when it came into the temporal so this eternal word remains eternal and and for me that's so powerful because it goes the word doesn't change the word spoken and it lives it lives and it lives and like you're saying Mel this faith is alive it's living yeah <laughs> well it's the dynamic isn't it of what Maybe we'll get to today. I think we don't know. We'll be here till midnight. But I just feel he's all over it. Like and and you know, like the worlds, worlds, yeah. were prepared by a word of God. Yeah. New heaven, new earth, heaven and earth were prepared by this word. And this is this challenge: is when you have a faith that sees beyond this earth, yeah. and that's what you're living for, like they were. This is momentary light. You know, and and this is the challenge for the church to have an eternal eternity perspective where you know there are worlds, a new heaven and a new earth that we have been, you know, millennial reign too, that we have been created for. And can you see that? Have you heard that and saw that where you realize that this is a vapor? 
you know, James, this is a vapor. So make the most of your days because you're a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. No, I'm here for 85 good long. Are you? How do you know that? Yeah. Your time is already marked. Do you know what I mean? And so this dimension of this true eternal dimension where, once again, can we lose? Well, you can't lose, but you can grow. And if I'm growing, then I'm going from glory to glory. Yeah. I'm going as a minister of glory from strength to strength in my innermost being. Yeah. Although my natural body is decaying, my inner man that sees and hears Everything in him for now and the future, for the future now, which is what they all saw. Yeah. It doesn't become hard to lay your life down when you've seen your inheritance, when you've seen the Father, when you've seen his love, when you've seen his joy, when that's living in you, when you've seen the millennium, when you've seen the purpose, the heavenly call, when you've seen it through faith. Everything is just in comparison and so you embrace everything going this is for me yeah. even the stuff that we shy away from is there for us you know this 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 virus right now has been allowed for a purpose but i wonder whether we're actually taking advantage of why god's allowed it or whether we're hoping it just goes away yeah. do you know and this is for us as a church it's very clear this is where I want you to go in this time. Don't do this. Don't do that because there's a greater purpose of a people I want to build through this. But what did people, what did I decide to do with that time? What did you decide? What did our family, what did others hide, hope it goes away, jump on other people's podcasts? What, what was the eternal word that was given? Did you hear it? Did you receive it? And did you obey it? Well, there was life. I know I've come into more life since lockdown from that. Right. The difference between source and supply, isn't it? Like in a sense of during that time, um, well, that time it's it's almost like that in that in lockdown was the opportune. It was almost like an opportune time. Are we re, are we redeeming the time? Yep. But it it's it was almost just a bit of a a flag to take notice that this is a continue continuation mm -hmm. to to live from the breath yep. and not from the you know, the breathalyzers. Um, and I, lo I love that, you know, even the verse in Luke 17 about, you know, how many times do we need to um, uh, forgive? Mm -hmm. And Jesus, you know, uh, in another place as well says, you know, uh, 70 times seven, I think he says 70 times yeah, seven, <laughs> maths. Um, and this thing of like, you know, it's infinity. It's yeah. It's a, it's not, we don't, as Christians live, it's once-off events, you know. You don't forgive once. We're from an unlimited yeah. reality, an unlimited source, unlimited potential. Yeah. 
And so Peter's like, come on, how many times? Tell me, because then I can do it. If I do it seven times, then I've nailed it. He's like, no, no, this is a permanent, like, it's a permanent attitude, not a once-off event, not a once-off action. It's a permanent attitude, a permanent posture, a permanent source. Yeah. And the very fact that you would ask... means that you don't know right you know like to to ask what's appropriate because that the heart that you know the heart of christ would say how far away from that can i you know how far into christ can i possibly get so that my whole inner world would you know like it's and that's why he says you know you know you've heard it said don't commit adultery i say if you've if you've lusted in your heart you've committed adultery already you know so we're no longer like where's the line it's like how how can i be so honoring to you that you're actually you're fulfilling the you're fulfilling the law but more than the law because of the the reality of who lives in you eh? you know it's a it's a completely different way of thinking and seeing it's an eternal life see this is the challenge we're back to the start again it's like do you live from the temporal life hearing through the temporal or do you live to the eternal Mm -hmm. so the eternal knows well the eternal knows this you don't get offended Mm. because you're so full like Christ was, you just say, actually, Father, forgive them. So I don't need to forgive because it's, I'm, I'm not carrying, you know, it's like, it's like that's not offensive. I'm going to love on that because that's what the eternal does. The temporal gets caught up. And yes, there's a process to that. But we're back to this faith again. The more you see, receive Christ, because what we're talking about is Christ in us, the hope of glory, the eternal life is in you. Well, if the eternal life is in me being formed in me, it manifests out of me. So when a brother offends, I don't get offended. The behavior is still offensive, but I don't get offended. Why? Because Christ is in me and Christ is my armor. And so then what happens? The eternal life loves my brother. That's right, because you have the ability to respond differently. That's right. Because I live by faith. You know, it's not this wishy-washy. I live by a realm that I've seen, received, and know and it performs its work in me and through me. And that's why it's not this one moment thing where, so what, one of the things that we're not saying is that there's no value in prophecy or miracles and all the rest of it, no. but these things come from this eternal realm yeah. where if, if all Jesus was trying to do was to multiply loaves and fish, then he's done and dusted. But that is actually the result of this eternal life that's in him. And so you see Peter, Peter and John, who are on their way to the temple, and a, and a man is, is uh, blind, or I think he's lame, and he's sitting there, and he goes, give me some gold, and he's looking for something temporal. And Peter goes, I haven't got silver or gold, but I've got something of eternal value. Let me impart to you that which is eternal, and it's manifested in this life which causes his healing. But that's not the the summit or the culmination of this life. It wasn't just there for this one moment. No, the work of God wasn't just to restore this guy's sight in, in the instance of Christ, but that that people would believe so that so that there's this greater, greater than life, which is manifest. Because right. he says to them in Mark, well, throughout the gospel, he says, did you not gain any insight mm. from the feeding of the 5,000? Mm. Did you not learn what it was really about? Yeah. 
what was it about? I thought it was about feeding people. No, it was about me being the bread of life. Yeah. So I heal people to bring people to me yeah. so then they actually can partake of me, the word, so then eternal life is formed in yeah. them so then they live eternal life. And you see this dimension happen where they then go, who do you think you are? So who do you think you are saying you're the bread of life and you came down in the world? What are you talking about? And so then they rejected and resisted, so you stay the same. So he then talks, and they're talking about bread. The whole analogy is bread. He goes, did you not learn any insight from what that was actually about? How are you going to live a life of faith if you're not partaking of a word, what I say, me, and you keep mishearing what I'm saying? Then when it comes to living eternal life out, you can't. Yeah. And, you know, once again, will I find faith when I return? Will I find people who have an eternal life because it's been formed living an eternal life, yeah. not a temporal life? Yeah. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. You're not living for the natural chips. You're not living for natural clothing. You're not living for natural water. You've left that life. Yeah. And you are of an eternal value, an eternal substance called my spiritual word, which comes from an outside realm into your earth. But you can demonstrate and be the manifestation of that. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, did you bring the loaf of bread? <laughs> like the disconnect. And love is being patient. Love is being kind. Eternal life is holding no wrong, no account of these men yeah. that he's given his life for that really have no value or appreciation for what he's done. Yeah. And this can be us with him and one another and completely outside of and missing because we have a form of godliness which doesn't produce anything but a form of godliness yeah. rather than godliness and then able to live and demonstrate this eternal realm which starts at loving your brother as you would love yourself. Yes. You know, and so it's like faith that sees, receives because the Spirit is revealing. Mm. And then the ability, not in my own strength, but in my ability of the Word in me mm. to live out an eternal life, yeah. you know, yeah. which is not an earthly life. It's a life that lives forever. Do you believe you'll never die when you die, Martha? Yes, I believe at the resurrection. No, now. Because I am the resurrection. And if you know me, it's a resurrected life of an indestructible life, of an order of another kind. And it's now. And it sees now and future now and lives in accordance. Because you know, like we said, there are worlds, this age to come that I have a role to play in governing yeah. with as a co-heir yeah. because I'm a man of faith. Yeah. I've seen, and I've seen it to a measure, yeah. but I want more. Yeah. I'm hungry and thirsty for more. I'm not satisfied with what I know today, yeah. but I'm living from it, but I go, there's more. Because you tell me there's more, and I don't yet know as I ought to know. So show me what I don't know because I want to live this more life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is so massive, eh? You know, this kind of faith that you're talking about. You know, that it was like, like to me, it's like there's there's these two worlds going on, eh? You know, there's there's everything that you can see and touch and feel, and it's all so much of it is like right and good. You know, you've got a uh, 
natural lives and 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 work and then we've got our you know even there's um you know so many good things that are being done even in a religious sense you know but but what has but you know this kind of faith that you're talking about is is so beyond all of that stuff you know and it's like there's there's so many good things that can be done it affects it though doesn't it it absolutely affects it but the the like it's like the there, there's something that is that is beyond that that you know it's like these 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 two worlds that are operating you know but then there's this this heavenly eternal calling that we're to be a part of like you said that that then influences everything that's natural and turns it on its head you know um and i and i think to me that you know like the the question is you know like have we have we heard that eternal word and are we living as these eternal people while we live on a temp- temporary physical flesh and blood earth eh? you know and if we haven't then we're just living for now and we 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 take all this through the lens of now and to make our lives better do you know so it's like the 10 steps to this and the 10 steps to that and we literally take these prophetic scriptures that peter said the scriptures are prophetic they're living active sharper they speak of an eternal realm not a temporal one but we're unaware of that so we take these eternal prophetic scriptures through our lens and we then try to create this life which is good now oh my life is this and so we preach these messages that aren't eternal they're temporal and that is criminal because it doesn't give people a food source that enables them to overcome this temporal life. We're giving them temporal mana for a temporal life, and it doesn't work. It's got to be eternal mana from the one who is the eternal in the eternal, with the eternal, comes from the eternal, and then declares into the earth the eternal food. Why do you work for food that perishes? Well, why are you delivering food that perishes? Yeah. See, it must be one who is sent. One comes who is sent and powered from the Father, not everyone, and yet we're all called to be a sent people. So God sends his people, sent people, so the people can become a sent people. But that, but you've got to make sure the one you listen to is sent from above. Otherwise, he's just sent from the earth. The Pharisees sent their delegation to see the one sent called John the Baptist. But they were of the flesh. They were of the temporal. Don't listen to them. Well, you preach as one who has authority, not like our guys. Can you tell the difference between the one who turns up with a spiritual word because he's heard a spiritual word and it speaks with power, which is about to crucify the flesh if flesh exists in the room, but we reject that and look for the one who actually appeases my flesh, who tickles my flesh, because that's better for my flesh. Yeah, but you're supposed to be a people of eternal food, of an eternal word that produces an eternal life. So why do you work for food that perishes, which is back into the feeding of the 5,000? Did you not learn from what that was really about? I'm the one who gives you eternal food. No, I prefer that one over there because I can mentally understand that one. But that isn't going to produce in you this eternal life. And I'm coming and you won't be found ready and you won't be found ready or prepared for what it is because you've already chosen to ditch the wedding invitation, to go after your own position because you bought a cow 
whatever it is that's on a greater level of priority for you because you couldn't hear the eternal because you listened to the temporal. Yeah, that's right. And you have a temporal life as good as it is and you've had your reward. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Paul that says if we, you know, if, if, our, if we hope in God for this life now, we are of all men most to be pitied. You know, it's like, it's, man, if our hope is just in this life now, we're of all men most to be pitied. You know, we're, at the end of the day, we're going to wind up disappointed, disillusioned, frustrated, that why isn't God performing the way that we anticipate that he should be yeah, performing and doing, providing for us yeah. in the way that we should be? And actually, he's wanting to, to take us out into the wilderness and feed us with ravens and manna from, from above, you know? And so, and it reminds me of in, in Ezekiel. You know, it talks about, you know, prophesy, you know, prophesies about the, um, you know, about the times that I believe that we're we're coming into. You know, it says that people are literally throwing gold into the streets because they've finally realised for the first time that their gold can't save them. You know, it's like there's, you know, somewhere along the line that you know that the the promise of a better life now is just not going to cut it, you know, yeah. but better to discover that and to live from it now, you know, so that we can Absolutely. be prepared for, for what's to come. What about, um, I think it's the the guy that was lowered through the roof and Christ is there, he's preaching and the power of the Spirit's present to heal. And um, he gets lowered through the roof and he says, son, your sins are forgiven you. And, and he senses in the hearts of the Pharisees, who can do this? And then he says, what's easier to say? You know? <laughs> he says, but, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, take up your bed and walk. Mm. And what he did in the, in the first moment, just thinking about what we're talking about, was he gave him something of greater value that was actually difficult to verify. You know what I mean? Because it's actually easy to say it, unless it's true and so what he does is he backs it up by by something which is harder to say but easier to do if it's not true do you know what i mean and, and so he proves it with this miracle but the point of the miracle wasn't so that this man could live the rest of his life walking although that was definitely a blessing in god's heart is for us in, in all of its fullness you know but the point of that was the greater he was he was proving the greater through the miracle yep. that now you've been forgiven of your sins. You can live like that. And this isn't something which is just temporary. This has the power. This is an eternal gift. This one, which I've just done in healing you is a temporary one. Yeah. And, and through that saying, I am God, yeah. <laughs> because who can forgive sins but God? Yeah. He's saying, well, watch this. Yeah. I am God. I am the Messiah. So once again, it's this come to me. Learn from me. You know, we're back in John six again. Yeah. Why do you why are you perishing? Because you're not eating the right food. Yeah. So you're hooked on the miracle, but not on the one of the miracle. Yeah, right. So you're not feeding off me the word. Mm. And maybe we'll um, we'll look to transition into the word because this is where it's all connected. The ability to hear this word, yeah. which is ultimately a person but what the person speaks, you know, because Jesus is always trying to get us to himself. Yeah. But we're always trying to build ministries on what he does, not on him. Mm. 
You know, I build my church. Well, we'll go form a healing this and a this and a school of this and a school of that and a school of this. And somewhere along the line, we don't intend to do it, but we've left our first love. You know, we've left in the pursuit of the things of God, not God himself. And so then we get entangled and now it's all about us trying to do these things. And we go on this and you can just see it all in. You see it throughout history and it's it's now because actually the entire point is know me. Know me. You know, now our purpose, isn't it? Know him, love others, walk together. Well, it could actually just be know him. Because if we know him, guess what? We will love others and we will walk with one another in this true format of a kind of discipleship that produces a kind of fruit that produces a kind of people who are the church. Truly the church who are actually able to live an eternal life because of a word that we hear that is imparted into our very being, the Spirit renews that word, we then see it, and it's ours, and we live from it. Not for it, not towards it, like so many people are, from it. They lived from the promise they didn't receive, not towards it. And you can read that and go, oh, no, they didn't receive it. No, look, they received it from afar. They just didn't receive the tangible physical reality of it, but they'd received the spiritual promise of it, so they did. Although Abraham wasn't physically sitting next to Christ, he was going to be, and he knew it. And so he lived from what he knew. He had faith. Which is why they they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, because this what they had seen and were living for, being eternal, meant this world isn't it. Even if I've got all the camels and all the sheep, you know, even if I've got all the tents in Israel, it's not that. And they were able to confess that because of what they saw. So that's for us. So if you don't see that, you're not confessing you're an alien and a stranger on this earth. You're a citizen of this earth because you actually don't have a faith that sees that. And just the outcome of that, it's not that you're a bad person. It's just that you actually don't know. So you can't speak in connection to what you've seen, which means you're going to live in accordance to what you know. You know, and that's why it's like he has to send people to us to help us. He sent his son, so he sends others. He says, I send you apostles, I send you prophets. Don't kill them. Oh, you've killed them because they are from an eternal realm that they speak something that you don't grasp because you can't hear it and it threatens your temporal life. Well, it's supposed to because it's come to crucify that life to bring you into the life you were predestined to know before you were even born. No thanks. You know, because all I know is this life now and it's mine. No, it was a gift given to you to be handed back. So then you could actually have this real life because it's a dead life. The life I was born into was dead in sin and in iniquity. Why would I not want to offer that life up and grab hold of the life I was given? Because I don't know. I don't have faith. See? I don't have faith because I can't hear a word that produces sight to see that my life in before Christ, sorry, was dead. I was dead. And dead is dead. (laughs) <laughs> um, actually, before we just get on to the word, this one last 
question for Nick if he's still there. <laughs> but I'm sure you'll be watching this. Are there elements of faith that go beyond spiritual sight revelation? Are there elements of faith? So I guess what he's saying is, is faith more than spiritual sight and revelation? Um, so I feel like it's like yes and no, you know, and that to me like faith faith is spiritual sight and revelation, but it but its influence extends beyond just that, you know. It's like the um like like we've talked about you know, he's you know, and James says, you know, how can you have faith and not have works, you know? So I feel like there's this 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 dynamic between it is but it, but but it also it's it's expressed through actual action, you know. Like it, it primarily it sees the unseen and it sees the eternal. But there's also a, a measure of faith to be able to see what God is doing in a moment, you know. And so the, you know we talk about um, being able to have the ability to to, to function. We talk about you know miracles or, or that sort of thing. It's there's a I feel like it's not separate from that. It, it is spiritual revelation of what's unseen and what's eternal, but it manifests in so many different ways and influences all of these different things that are ultimately attached to the same source, which is revelation knowledge, you know? Yes, and it, it makes me think of um, that scripture, 2, 2 Peter 1, 5. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love, goes on for if these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus for he who lacks these things i love this is short-sighted short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins and so i kind of see faith as the the actual substance um the the very thing that we need to receive from the beginning um, and by adding to it, it's almost like it's our little activity that God gives us to go, hey, um, in your response, be active in these things by adding to it because you can, you have the ability from the faith that has been imparted already. You've been cleansed from your sins into the life of righteousness. So the ability of Christ in us, you're able to add to it. Now that word add, I used to think, well, why... Faith shouldn't need supplements, but it's not that type of adding. It's actually like when Paul talks about um, adorning the gospel with your life. It's this adornment, the furnishing, the um, when it talks about the ten virgins and how five of them trimmed their lamps. That trimmed comes from the word um, cosmes or whatever from cosmetics. So when women, when we put makeup on, it's it's not to well, it shouldn't these days. It's different. Change your face completely. <laughs> it should be. It should just be uh, furnishing or or just emphasizing what already is. Um, and so this adornment and this furnishing, you know, the the virgins trimming their lamps. It was their way of actively adding to what already is in faith for what they see and knew was coming. 
in preparation. See, I love that. Again, when we move into a house as a married couple, you want to furnish your house into a home because you believe this is your place. It's important to you. And so your whole life's directions and decisions and uh, things you choose to do should be things that are adding to what already is that is in faith. And so it's this beautiful adornment, I believe. Um, what was the the question um, exactly? Um, that's the expression, though, Amel. Like that's yeah, that's expression. not the thing yeah. itself. That's an expression of something which is already there. Yes, yes. And I, it was actually funny. Friday night, I went to. I, I got to spend some time with. Um, some ladies from a, another church in Hamilton, and it was a clothes swap night. So they they were uh, they had me to come do some cool personal styling stuff, but also gave me the opportunity just to talk about Christ, which was amazing. And to me, that was like that was almost an example of you know talk Christ, talk the gospel, and then add to it like with styling. You know, it's like clothes are just an adornment to express. But we can't find our value in the adornment. We can't find our value in the furnishing. The actual substance is, you know, the the body. You you just dress the body. Do you know what I mean? And I hope that makes sense. The gospel is the very living thing, the very precious thing, the thing that is the value. Our identity, the intrinsic value of Christ in us is what's important. And And I kind of see that's what faith is. It's... It's the most precious and most important, and everything else out of it, out of that, the elements that add to that, just kind of make it more beautiful and kind of magnify it. Yeah. Um, got another question. Okay. Well, we've been going through those quick questions. Yeah. Um, so we all have a measure. Some a big measure, others a little measure. We all have to seek the Father's face, seek the treasure of his presence. Do you think there are seasons of faith? And the other question is, um, when God reveals seasons of faith, when God reveals more to his church and other times when he reveals clearly to all creation, the world as well. So are there seasons of faith where God will reveal to his church things and also to the world? It's a good question because there's tension with it. Yeah. yeah. I personally, I, I go yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is there are things that God will reveal from His Word that are already here, that are always here but at specific times in correlation to him and what he's doing, he will bring it to light. Yeah. And I think the fivefold is a classic of that. It's always been there. Yeah. And as he's moving towards his end, he is bringing it to light, but it's always been there. Yeah. Um, and yet at the same time, it's always there, so it can always be accessed. Mm-hmm. And this is this tension that exists of the double-sided coin you know, is that everything is written, everything is uh, predetermined in the sense of it's predestined, it's down for us to know where to continue to be growing in faith and coming to everything that's there in him, while that is also held in tension with God bringing to light and life 
things that are concealed that says in Daniel that in the last days there'll be more knowledge poured out, but the knowledge is there. Um, so I think it's a it's a it's a it's a you know it's it's a it's a both sided both sides yeah. of one coin. For me, I just when I hear that, I think about let's take Martin Luther for instance, who's living under the Catholic Church and comes to the realization that the just shall live by faith. And he has this 96 theses, isn't it? And he, and he knows and nails them to the door. Is it 96? I'm not sure. It's, it's around 96 anyway. And he's got these points of difference that he disagrees with what the Catholic Church is bringing. And so he he brings this, uh, he, he nails these this list of these things to the door. And the real crux of what it was that he had issues with was that the just shall live by faith, you know, because something different was being spoken. Now, that this is the same gospel that's always been spoken. And yet in a moment or over a period of his life, he comes to realize that what's being spoken isn't the the real gospel. There's a, there's a disconnect. And so through this work that's done in him and through this revelation that he comes into, he acts on this. And it's a catalyst for what was called an awakening where lots of people came into realizing what it is that we're living isn't how we should be living. So in one sense, you could go, this is a season of faith because lots of people are coming into an awakening. And yet it was always there to be seen because this is not a new gospel. It wasn't something that was different than what was spoken originally, but it hadn't been seen and comprehended to the degree that it needed to be. And there's been measures of that throughout church history, you know, where, I mean, let's take Peter, for instance, where here's the guy who has had a massive reformation of heart or, or he's basically come into real life through brokenness where he's failed Christ, denied him, been exposed and been forgiven. Mm. And and now here's the guy that has the is instrumental in the receiving of the Holy Spirit, 120 in the upper room, goes and preaches this massive sermon and yet still doesn't quite see what God's full picture is. Mm. So that when the Holy Spirit gives him a picture of his plan for the Gentiles, Peter turns up and goes, well, I don't really know. I'm just here because this, these things happen that God spoke to me about. And the Holy Spirit gets poured out and he goes, I perceive that what you've done for Jews, you're doing for Gentiles as well. Well, that was always written. But what, a, what an opportunity where all of a sudden the Holy Spirit takes the little that's been given and, and boom, turns up and acts on it. And now the Gentiles have received the Holy Spirit. That to me is as massive a day as the outpouring in, in, at Pentecost, you know, because all of a sudden it's not a select group. And although that was the initial promise, this is the one that we're all in, you know, where it's it's worldwide. And Peter still didn't quite get it, you know. It was, it was and this is why, this is maybe where we're going in terms of the word and the words, you know, where he was, it was told him, through vision, through experience, and yet he still secretly withdrew to only be eating with Jews because he hadn't quite got it yet still, even with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm like, man, this is there for all of us. This is why we need to, like, this is why he's qualified to say, give the more earnest heed, you know, listen even more carefully, because even after this happened to me, I still hadn't heard it. And I feel like the difference is that one was what was spoken in the sense that, you know, and, and, and this 
maybe it, it's not so relevant, but the word and the words aren't always word and words. You know what I mean by that? That sometimes when the word is revealed, he isn't actually, it's not, he's not even spoken. You know, I think of the word as the communication of God. So Christ is the word. Well, he's the, he's the expression of God. He's not just something spoken, although he was that. He is the manifestation of the Father's heart in every capacity. Sometimes a communication is a touch. Sometimes it's a, it's a sense. You know, sometimes the word comes and it's, it's something that you haven't, can't even put words to because it didn't come in our word, even though it's the word. Um, and so... I feel like what happened to Peter is so tricky, eh? And sometimes, and I feel like what happened to Peter was that he had a, a, an instructive word that was the word coming to pour out on the Gentiles, but he hadn't received the word in his heart to let this thing take effect and become it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to struggling a little bit to explain yeah, it. I'm not sure if that's the case there. Because um, he, he, he goes and he says, I now understand the purpose of it. I think what happened with him and Paul was actually what we talked about before is he's confronted with the reality of, oh, this is going to come. This is a this is a tricky situation right, right. now. So I have a revel, I have a, the reality of things, but actually, oh my goodness, this is going to be suffering. If I don't eat with these guys, I'm going to suffer now under this and they're going to go, why aren't we doing this thing? So I actually come under. Now I'm not living by faith. I'm living under fear of these other Israelites, you know, Um, because he goes in that Acts 10, what you're describing, Acts 9, 10, um, he doesn't have this revelation. God speaks to him through the dream, yep. and then he goes through just direct obedience. So he goes through trust. Yep. It says, while Peter was perplexed in mind, these guys came, and then he went. And then it says, ah, on the journey, basically says, I got the revelation of why I'm coming. Yeah, the understanding. So I've, oh, no, And so he acts by faith with those people. So he, he doesn't get it. On the journey, he gets the revelation of Oh, the Holy Spirit's for the the, the Gentile, but the but when he's faced with so I, I believe there was a one work done there. Right. But when he's faced with the, when Paul rebukes him, it's like me: you get a revelation, you know what you need to do. Are you going to do it? Yeah, and you still uh, got the power to choose. Correct. Choose. And so you're now. Am I am I looking for the favor of man, yeah. or am I looking for the favor of my yeah. Father? So he actually comes under in fear, yeah. even though this is Peter. Yeah, yeah, and that just right. shows you we're all on process, exactly. and we're all yeah. just don't think you've arrived, man, because it's like you know, it's like here you are. And so, Peter has to Paul has to align him yeah. because he's come back under this fear of man thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness, what are they going to think of me? Yeah. You know, bond servants don't look for the favor of man but of God, which I just think is a beautiful demonstration of none of us have arrived. Yeah, and it says, rebuke your brother, you know, if he sins. Yeah. So <laughs> It's, it's actually really important, you know, for our faith. Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll just ask this last question. We've got three. Uh, oh, oh, this is an interesting question. Just a point of clarification. When we get revelation from God, to what extent do we get it from God personally as compared to, let's say, the Scriptures, Psalm 119, 105? 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, so personally, I think that we get um, revelation from above a hundred percent of the time, every time, if it truly is revelation, you know, <laughs> like, um, and so whatever mechanism that comes through, whether it's in prayer and he and he unveils something, whether it's through the scriptures, whether it's through dialogue with someone else, whether it's through you've, you've heard a message, whatever it is, that the, the form can change, but at the end of the day, only the Holy Spirit can give revelation. And to me, that's kind of what, what we've been talking about and why you know the word that we heard through lockdown was so pivotal about the Holy Spirit being our teacher. You know, um, because what what we're talking about is so eternal that you cannot learn it through any other way. It has to be unveiled and revealed by the Holy Spirit. You know, mm. and um, I feel like this ties into what we were looking about lo- looking at last week. You know, it says who, um, you know that that. Um, you know who knows the mind of God? Or, you know who knows the mind of a man except the spirit of a man that's yeah. within him. You know, mm-hmm. it's saying in the same way that you can't look into someone else's mind and know their thoughts and intentions. You you might be able to see that the fruit of it or discern, but you ca- we can't read one another's mind. It says in the same way, no one knows God's mind apart from the spirit of God. But it says, but 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 He's given us His spirit so that we can know yeah. the things freely given to us by God. So so to me it's like it's it's only the Holy Spirit that can bring revelation and unveil the things that have been freely given to us um, by God. But yet we've been given some helpful mechanisms to be able to do that and if, and we want to find ourselves in those things in the hope that the Holy Spirit will bring to light his truth, you know. For me it kind of uh, reminds me of the tutor. You know, we 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 were given a tutor until that which is perfect has come, you know, so the law was given to keep us on the straight and narrow. Now that doesn't mean that because these things haven't been given by revelation that we just go and do what it is that we want to do. No, where we don't have faith that's come from revealed sight, we still live in accordance to what's been written. And in that process, I feel like that's how that that positions us to come into. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise... You definitely don't throw everything out and go well until until God reveals these things to me. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to live them. No, I I know I've got a conscience in my heart. I know I know what what's right, and I know, um, but at the same time, I can, and I guess this is what I was talking about before. Where you go, I I read this word in in the in the scriptures, and I know what it means, and I'm living in accordance with it. But then all of a sudden it hits me. It's been it's come alive to me like it has never been alive before. And and the difference is this is some I feel like this is the living towards and living from, where I go, this word that I live towards because I knew that it was the goal or or instrumental in keeping me where I'm supposed to be has now become me and I'm living from that. And so I'm not just doing it because it's the right thing, I almost can't help but do this. I think it's riddled with tensions though, eh? You know, like um, like loving your neighbour as you would love yourself. And there's a, there's a human version of love, yeah. which you can live your whole life thinking 
you're actually loving an eternal life. So there are some things, and I think this is the challenge of seeing them yeah. and knowing where to put them in their in their in their little boxes. Yeah. Um, you know, like you go, okay, I'll use giving as an example. Okay, so you can give, yeah. called to give, and obedient to give financially. That doesn't mean I'm in the life of giving. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I'm still through obedience called to give. But then he says, okay, now you take that and then go and love this guy. Well, I can't. I can't love him the way I'm instructed to love him, but I can give my finances out of obedience, yep. hoping to come into spiritual life. Yep. So then I'm a generous giver, and I'm not just giving my – I'm giving my entire being yeah. to the purposes. Yeah. So there are some things we can do, yeah. and there are some things we can't do. Yeah. But ultimately, we want to be doing them all from yeah. this position of eternal life. And I think this is the challenge because it's like, and, and the question's a brilliant question, and I think this is what gets us in trouble, is that can we understand the Scriptures without the illumination of the Spirit teaching us? No. But we can understand them in our version, and we can come up with our gospel we come up with our thing and technically it can be correct but it doesn't allow so technically you're to give but you never give from the posture of eternal life technically you can describe what love is but you just can't love as god technically you you know and and that is is where you have to be able to hear it to be able to see it because it can be so close but miles apart in the way it operates you know, and I think Jesus clearly signals this in John 5, 39, 40. You search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you have life. But those scriptures have been acquired through a hearing and written down. Yes, right. So it comes from the one, and yet it's like you're searching that, not me. And this is this word, words dynamic. It's like... You actually refuse to come to eternal life. You're unwilling, he says, to come in, but you continue to search. And because you come into your vision of life through the Scriptures, that's actually killing you, but you don't know it. So there is an element of life that comes through searching the Scriptures for life. It's called intellectual knowledge, and it creates life. You think you have life, but actually it's death because it's come from ink, so now I'm talking about 2 Corinthians 3. It hasn't been engraved, written on your heart through the Spirit. Yes. So you have something that you think is life. It produces a life, but it's a dead life because yes. it's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. But you don't know that. So you think by telling everybody all this stuff, this is life, this is life. Well, let me tell you what I know. But actually it's not. Yes, yes. But it can be technically true. Yeah, yeah. It's where, it's where the word starts again, you know. If, if it starts from from reading the scripture, then it, it's starting from here, you know, but but Abraham and all those guys didn't have the scripture. Like you say, it was by their confession and their testimony that we have it in written form. And it's it's a way of being and knowing and then actually, you know, reading the word and going, oh man, that that's actually saying out loud what I already know. That's actually writing and sealing what already is that has been revealed the insight, yeah, of the inner side of the heart. Um, and, you know, so for instance, like I was just thinking about, you know, love your neighbor. It's like instead of that feeling a pressure or obligation that at next neighbor's day I should be at 
the neighbor <laughs> neighborhood hangout and um, you know sit and try have a conversation with my neighbor and I actually have a living example of this whereby a few years ago just being in the supermarket and the spirit just speaking to me clearly about one woman who was down the aisle and and sent me in a beeline for her. Now, not having words to say because I didn't know what he wanted to say, but there was this uh, the sense really. It was a sense uh, understanding to to go for this particular person, and in the making of the conversation, it was revealed you know, the, the, what came out of her was that she was unwell. And so at that point, I, pr I prayed for her because she was asking to add years to her life. She was in a, a, a bad situation. Um, and and so we, we prayed in the supermarket and I walked away and the joy of experiencing and hearing and acting on what was heard because the ability was given fulfilled the law without a sense of, you know, the fulfillment of the law of love, without obligation or pressure. And lo and behold, it's like three or four years later, we literally have a neighbor's day, literally have a neighbor's day. And there she is, well and healthy and whole and obviously had added years to her life and literally was my neighbor without even realizing it. And and this is the life in Christ, the predestined, preordained, living in response to what already is, that we find ourselves knowing and doing and being from him. And it it is just then fulfilling what is written and what is said. And so signs and wonders will follow those. We don't have to prove it. That's our faith and works. The works is actually the evidence, right, of of what we believe, what we see, who who lives in us, what we count as precious and cherished. Um, so, yeah, the revelation is like the revelation of the word brings us into all things that the scripture talks about. But we don't learn, it's not revelation from what we're reading. Well, it's not revelation, is it? It's it's what the Spirit has already imparted that um, is It can revealed. come from, as you spend time marinating in this, the Holy a Spirit absolutely. imparts what's here in you, um, which can be new and can also confirm what was already there. Yes. That he's already done because he's the one that engraves on the heart. Yes, that's right. And so it's mm. um and and once again, this is the challenge to know what is and what's not and the difference because it will produce eternal life. Yeah, so right. the the way you know is you're able to live differently. Yeah. You're able to do things you couldn't do before. It's the demonstration, the wisdom, Christ is vindicated by her deed and her children. So a child of wisdom can demonstrate wisdom. And that, once again, is the is the safety barrier that God puts in place that you can know you're in Christ because you can live as Christ. And so that's how you know you're learning and actually in the way of the Spirit. And, um, you know... John says, A. Eh? Yeah, and, test and, it if you know you're in him by loving. Yeah, and yeah. John, John's a classic. All of John is a classic for this abiding reality that you know you're in. You know, hey, how did this uneducated guy get so educated? Because he went to the spirit. You know, so just to back what Sam was saying, God is spirit, and it's the Father's teaching. It's the Father's truth. So then he sent his Son, who is spirit, who only taught what his Father 
said, Spirit, Spirit. Then he sent the Holy Spirit to then bring to light and life what was already said by both God and Jesus. So Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So then the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches the church. So then when we speak, we're only speaking the spiritual word of God. So the oneness there, Father, Son, Spirit, Church. Out of the church comes the word of heaven, which is all spirit. Well, who is the teacher of the church? Don't have any other teacher but me. He's not saying don't have people in your life, don't seek. But actually, am I the teacher of the church? I am the revealer. I'm the one who brings to light the mysteries of the kingdom. And I love Jeremiah 31, 31, 34. You know, there's a time coming where I'm going to write on your hearts that you would not need another man to teach you but the anointing well that's a prophetic word a promise that's still awaiting most people that i know in the body of christ most christians are still looking for another to teach them another and that's what we went through at lockdown it's like no no god's saying and that was the word he gave me one of the words that's, that's scattered throughout the new testament but it comes out of jeremiah is that you you need to know me as the teacher I'm the revealer of the mysteries. I'm the one who brings you into life. So then you can speak. And it's a cyclic thing, isn't it? So then the people of God are growing in faith, seeing all things in faith, freely given so that you can know them. So then you can have my mind rather than just profess you have my mind and not be able to speak my mind or live my mind, you know. So there's a oneness that, that goes um, um, as I was going to say, what I feel like what we're not saying is don't read the Bible, you know, <laughs> like, or because it, it can be easy to think, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's the teacher, so I'm just going to go surfing until I get revelation, you know. And, and I think, like, it, once again, that this is where, like, with everything, there's such a tension, you know, because if you don't have revelation, sometimes the best thing to do is to get into a discipleship group, you know, or to open up the scriptures and ask the Holy Spirit to speak. But to me, the, the key thing is, like, where, what are you looking to, you know? And I think that, like, he says that you search the scriptures because you think that in them is eternal life, you know? If, if your hope is in the words on a page to somehow bring about this change you know you're looking in the wrong place and you're always going to be disappointed so he's not saying guys don't 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 read the word you know he's he's saying like don't don't put your hope and trust in your own natural ability to read and to learn and comprehend thinking that you're going to bring yourself into eternal life you know and so there's a there's a dynamic there between um you know being faithful to be in the environments that he wants to put us in because maybe like you're saying through through reading it might be that the holy spirit starts to speak you know or you you're part of a you know you you feel like you don't have revelation so you go and spend time listening to those who do and engaging in that conversation but ultimately it's only the holy spirit that can do that divine eternal work of bringing true revelation knowledge on on the inside eh? yeah i feel like that's where you know, Paul talks about the foolishness of preaching, where he, yes, this is a word given from heaven, something that's been revealed in Paul. He's speaking from this, but you still might not hear it. And, you know, you see these um, old prophets in the Old Testament, and it says, and the word of the Lord came to saying, do this, or they go and say this. And so they say this thing, which is the word of the Lord has come to them, and they're speaking as a result of, but it still requires the Holy Spirit 
to bring revelation on what it is that they're saying. Otherwise, it's just words or a good idea. I think scripturally, I love these, you know, all scripture is inspired by God. So if the scriptures are inspired by God, then God is the one that has to illuminate them. So if they've come from God, you cannot understand them without God. And then it says, you know, and Peter backs that up. Um, but know this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture, so the prophecies of scripture, so the scriptures are prophetic because they're inspired by God. So God spoke to all men and man wrote them down through revelation of what God's saying. Okay, is a matter of one's own interpretation. So there's no way you can understand the prophetic scriptures because this doesn't come from man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So everyone writing has been taught directly from the Spirit of God. And so this is the challenge, isn't it? It's like to understand what's here, you actually have to have the revelation of what these men got because they're writing from revelation because the Holy Spirit was teaching them. Full stop. Rather than try to understand this through your mind without the revelation, you know, they're speaking from a reality that we need to actually come into before we'll ever grasp what they're being said. Outside of that, it's our interpretation of what they're saying. Sorry, I was just quickly, I was just going to say that word moved. It, I, it's a great word to use because it's it's not just they uttered something, it's they were moved. You know, it's an active whole being response. I was just going to say it's such a good deal, right? You know, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit himself would bring revelation knowledge to us. You know, like the only time it's not a good deal as if we're absolutely determined that we can do it ourselves without God, you know, and that's what needs to break and fall to the ground, eh, you know. And that's how we get our form of godliness, because it's our form of him through our interpretation. So it sounds right. It's not. It can be painted up because, once again, faith comes through hearing, so you, you're looking, and so it's this whole, it's this counterfeit that looks like, sounds like, but it's not. But if you're not a man of, or a woman of the Spirit, because it's why he says, don't, don't take what you look at. Don't, you can't see me. So this is Deuteronomy 4. He says, so because I don't come in any form, you have to hear my voice. Okay? So don't make a graven image because you can't see me. So what did they do? And he lists all the things that we make in the form of man. So man, without inspiration revelation, will always create an image of God in his own head. He will then teach that, and others who don't yet know will buy into that because it sounds right, looks right, and it's another gospel. And it doesn't produce this eternal life. It doesn't produce eternal faith. It produces something that we call as faith, but it's not. And it's like this wishy-washy, you know, I'm a fa- I, you see, I see it all the time. It's like uh, my faith, uh, I'm a man of faith. And then the aspect of this is like, but I'm, I don't know, um, pray for me. It's like, you know, the, the, there's two different realities and it sounds right, but it's not. It's like increase our faith. It sounds right. It's just not. You know, Lord, increase our faith. It's actually a stumbling block. But we don't realize that. We think it's right. And so it's like, no, this this reality of this dimension that comes um, through this only way of revelation upon revelation through the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we don't need the Holy Spirit. 
We literally don't need the Holy Spirit, and yet the Scriptures teach us that he has been sent to lead us into all truth, which gets us on to, and I think we'll wrap this in about 10 and maybe see how we go as far as next week, but the Word of God, all right? The Word of God. However, there's words like truth. Jesus is the Word. We say the Word of God. We, we speak these things. So it says here in Hebrews that by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen, that was not made out of things that are visible. What on earth is the word of God? Because it prepares and builds worlds. So it's got to be more than the book. <laughs> um, we are the creation of God, are we not? We're the beloved creation. So the planet Earth is his creation, but we're the beloved creation. So if creation was prepared and built from the word, and we are his creation that has been built by the word, what on earth is the word? Because we live in a tangible earth, but it came from an unseen realm. So we get, like we've talked about, you know, this must be a demonstration. So earth is a demonstration of God's word. Where to be a demonstration of his word. What is the word of God? Well, it adds real emphasis to when it says the, the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. You go, whoa, if it's creating worlds out of invisible things, then it it's really is living and active. And living and active is a bit of an understatement, really, eh, of the, this power. Um, I also love that it says, by faith we understand. So that's, a, that's the opposite way to what we would think, right? I'd go, oh, I'm going to understand it, and then I'm going to have faith for it. No, faith is the catalyst to get understanding. You actually didn't even have understanding until faith turned up. Now that faith has been formed in you, and in a way, that's a world. So the moment that faith is deposited in you, there's this whole world opened up to you right. because faith is now the catalyst to enter into something that you never were in before. Mm -hmm. So that's a world right there. I love that. Let's, let's go you, Sam, then Mel, and then we'll wrap it for next week and we'll <laughs> unpack that. That is so cool. That's a great nugget. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, says, by faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God, and I think this part here, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And 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 to me, it's like like you're saying, if the if every physical thing that we can see and touch was made by something invisible, the the this word of God, you know, how much more um, that you know, I think he, 
like you said, this is a physical typology of ultimately what he wants to do inside of us, eh, you know? And so if his if if at a word he can say, you know, let there be light, or, you know, he, he speaks all of these things into being, and he's got the capacity with just a word to create everything that we can see, how much more faithful is he going to be to us if we're to receive his living word and creating the world of faith and eternal life and the substance of who Christ is inside of us, you know? And to me, that like it's a it's a physical typology. He's given us all of this for the sake of what all of this, hey, you know? And I think in it talks about um, you know, that that the um the manifold wisdom of that God has created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. You know, it says everything that's been created has been created so that the multifaceted wisdom, the, the divine nature of who God is, would be made manifested through the church. You know, and so in the same way that He speaks a word to create creation, His spoken word is what you know is, is what produces this eternal life within us so it sorry. sounds a little bit like repent because my kingdom is at hand because i brought heaven with me that's right so heaven is not to be there but heaven is to be on earth that's right. through a vehicle called the church because the church are in a word that's heavenly from an unseen realm who not only are becoming like the word christ-like but speak the word so heaven invades earth through the church because the church know this powerful substance that builds worlds. So unpack that next week a bit more. Yeah, now. yeah it's, it's huge. Um, I'll just read Colossians because that's what it kind of makes me think of. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body. Oh, my goodness, the church, who is the beginning. Head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. I think it says it all. It's like Christ, the co cosmic Christ, the beginning, the end. Uh, everything has been made from him, through him, and for him. Um, you know, from the eternal realm, the invisible realm, everything seen and unseen has come from him. And, and so, of course, when he speaks, the creative power does what he says. I mean, of course, you know. Um, and as the the firstborn, he is the pattern. He is the the beginning. He is the um, <laughs> he is the past. He is the present, and he is the future. And so, all things that come, all things have come from him. Um, and that is, yeah. the The word of God is 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 Christ, the cosmic Christ, that all things consist in and that all things are from and through. Um, and, yeah, but even the, that it says, you know, he is the head of the body, 
again, of the same kind. It's not a different head connected to a different body. It's of the same kind, of the same blood, the same heart, the same mind. It's a functioning body that is whole and complete, but is made by the word of God speaking it into being, into reality. And that's the dynamic, isn't it, of, of, and we'll look at this next week, of just unpacking this multifaceted person who is the very thing and his words he speaks are his word because they come out of the word and you can't separate the two. Um, And then they go to work to perform a, a work within the very... Uh, vehicle people group it's supposed to have its place and so we'll look forward to next week unpacking that because we'll probably be another three hours doing that (laughs) but that's what causes this faith that we've been talking about and you can't get away from that which is a specific type of hearing that's required for this faith to be birthed from a very specific word which as you say Chris is living and active it does what it does it builds what it builds and He's not a liar, yeah, and we can we can lay our lives down the fact that what he says is. Um, so if you've stayed with us the whole time, well done. Uh, <laughs> we're just getting going because apparently we read scriptures where Paul preached throughout the night and only one person fell out of a window, and there's no windows to hear fall out of. But uh, right. yeah, so uh, if you were listening there at window, I hope you didn't fall out of it. But anyway, we'll see you next week. Um, and so thanks, guys, for an awesome time again. I was wondering if I could just pray. I'd love to just pray and, um, yeah, just thank the Father. Father, I just want to thank you for your your beautiful word. I want to thank you for your beautiful son who who uh, was the exact represents, uh, representation of you, the exact expression of you, who you sent on the earth for us to, see, to hear and see and uh, to come into. And I pray, Father, this morning that just um, for us who uh, have heard your word this morning, uh, even for us or even on the panel, just we heard you this morning. I just thank you for what it does to us, to all of us as the body, that we would be built up into the expression of who you are. That, Father, this morning that we would go out um, from this word that we have heard this morning and and that we would it would set us in the direction of your word that it's taking us into and that every day we would we would add to this faith we would furnish this faith we would adorn this gospel with our lives to express further uh, who you are and the reality of your being I thank you for who you are today, Father, and I thank you for your body. I thank you that the head uh, is connected to the body. There is no separation, that the that um, the firstborn of the brethren uh, is faithful to us and the very example and champion uh, for us. Um, and, Father, I just I want to thank you for every father on the earth today. I want to thank you for... Uh, Every uh, yeah, father who uh, is raising uh, his children in, in your ways, Lord, and is uh, heading up the household and the homes, I want to thank you for the godly fathers, the, the men that are uh, the seed of the heavenly father of yourself. And I pray that that seed would be multiplied by faith, just the... Um, influence and the power of the father head and the figure within homes. God, I I pray uh, 
just that you would continue to raise fathers in the faith, fathers of your seed, of the heavenly father in homes, within our own families, within the body, uh, globally, locally. Father, I pray you raise up the fathers. um, And I thank you for the spiritual fathers we already have. And I pray as families and as as wives and mothers, uh, as children, we would heed our ears to the fathers to the fathers and their, their, um, when they speak and when they direct and take families in. We thank you for our fathers today and above all we thank you for you, our heavenly and perfect father, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.